Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's edition of Kane Sport Live is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. If you know who's going to win the game, it's time to put your money where your mouth is at MyBookie.ag. As a loyal listener of Kane Sport Live, MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code Canes to activate the offer. Expert or rookie, you got to check out MyBookie. Sign up today. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we can walk it out. Ooh, mountains, we can walk it out and move.
Rise up. That's what the 2016 football season has become about for the University of Miami Hurricanes. The Canes are beaten down after four consecutive losses. So are their fans, for that matter. And an inability to beat a good team so far this season. But now another quality team is on its way to Hard Rock Stadium this Saturday in the Pitt Panthers. A team as good as any in the Coastal Division. A team which is three close losses away from being unbeaten and has played good football this year under Pat Narduzzi, who is finding his legs at Pittsburgh. The Panthers lost by seven at Oklahoma State, a team that has been upsetting several opponents so far this season, and they lost by one at North Carolina and by three at home Thursday night to Virginia Tech. They are a team that features an elite running back in James Conner and a mindset that feeds off the fiery Narduzzi. Miami's going to have to play very well to win this game, and it's again, and it will again likely start and end with what kind of day the offensive line is able to put together and whether the defense can show up from the opening kickoff. What do the Hurricanes have left in the tank after a demoralizing month of October? We're going to talk about that and more tonight as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest three hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646 595 Over 100 open phone lines. As always, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Remember the drill. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We've been getting some first-time callers the last couple weeks. Hopefully, some of you who listen to the show every week and have not called in will call in tonight so we can get some different viewpoints. You hit the number one on your keypad, we'll get you on the show. Last week, we talked about what Mark Rick could do to jazz up the offense. And I'm not sure if he listens to the show, but we did see some of those things incorporated on Saturday. Rick threw the ball more on early downs as the game wore on. He used motion on a play or two. He used two running backs in the backfield on occasion, including the first play of the game. He varied his formations. He used a screen pass and a reverse effectively with Amon Richards showing off his amazing athletic ability on the reverse play. And it all still didn't make enough of a difference because the team didn't show up ready to play in the first quarter and the offensive line continued to struggle. In all honesty, Miami has been painful to watch on offense the last four weeks. It looks like the offensive line and quarterback Brad Kaya are struggling to adjust to the offense that Rick has installed. Miami is 102nd in the country on third down. The Hurricanes were 7 of 19 on third down at Notre Dame after entering the game 14 for their previous 43 in the prior losses, meaning the Hurricanes are now 21 of their last 62 third down conversion opportunities. That's just not going to get it done, folks. The Hurricanes are also 70th in the country in total offense at around 400 yards a game, but those stats were propped up by early wins against FAMU and FAU. The numbers must improve. Miami had just 306 yards at Notre Dame 
and just 18 yards net rushing after Brad Kaya's five sacks were factored in. Miami has gone from a team weighted down in recent years by bad defense to a team now weighted down by its struggling offense. Miami is 28th in the country now in total defense and 17th in scoring defense, a tribute to the job done this year by Manny Diaz. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here is some of what they came up with. Is Mark Rick sacrificing games unintentionally in order to build an offensive identity? I would make that argument. You know, it, it, it looks to me like Mark Rick is bound and determined to build a program that's tough and is physical at the line of scrimmage because that's what he knows wins the big games. And if it means winning a few less games this year, maybe so be it. Because if you look back at Mark Rick's history, you'll see that in his first year at Georgia, he went 8-4, and four, establishing his identity as a head coach. In year two, the Bulldogs went 13-1. and one. So, of course, Miami fans are hoping and would live with those kind of results if Mark Richt is able to continue to build this program and put up a season in year two at Miami like he did at Georgia. Does Miami have any momentum at all going into the pit game? Why can't our t- talented coaching staff fix the problems on offense? Well... I mean, I think everyone would agree they're certainly trying to fix the problems on offense, uh, but this team is certainly not getting better as the season goes on, and I'm sure those very same coaches have to be questioning some of the things they're doing because good teams get better as the season continues. The Hurricanes have four weeks left here to gather themselves and play better ball. I know they've been working overtime over there at the Schwartz Center, Heck Center, um, and we'll see if the results show on Saturday because this Pittsburgh team will bring it. They play downhill. They're aggressive. They have a strong running game, and Miami's going to have to play very, very well if it's going to win this game, and that starts with the coaching staff being able to make the adjustments necessary to get this ship righted. Why has the offense declined so much from the second half of the FSU game through the first half of the Notre Dame game? Well, I mean, in reality, it wasn't great against FSU. Um, but you got to remember, FSU's defense did not exactly come into the Miami game with a glowing resume. And they were shredded pretty good the other night by Clemson, too. And truthfully, FSU has struggled on defense the entire season. So I'm not sure that that was the barometer that you might like to think it was in terms of Miami playing great offense. And uh, so really, I would say the offense has struggled from the start of playing legitimate competition and uh, has not been able to get it right. So we don't know what's going to happen here in the last four games, but so far I think you would have to call this season on offense an absolute total disaster. And hopefully it gets straightened out you got four games left, and then if they win two of the four, they'll be in a bowl game. So still a lot of football left to play. you got to hope they can right the ship. How's recruiting going? 
are the difference makers showing an inclination to be Hurricanes? I'm sure we'll talk about a lot about recruiting tonight as the night goes on. Would Rick be willing to employ the offensive design he used at Notre Dame in the second half that was more effective the rest of the year? Yeah, I would, I, I would think he would, but I don't think he'll abandon the running game. He didn't abandon the running game at Notre Dame. Uh, in fact, somebody else was asking, you know, why did he reel it back after he was having success on that second-to-last drive of the game where he went back to trying to run the ball again on first and second down? So, you know, this is not a coach that's going to abandon the running game. I don't think there's any question about that. So if, if that's what people are referring to uh, when they're looking for him to incorporate an offensive design, um, I'm not sure that that's what we're going to see. It seems like this team has better coaching on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side. You know, I don't know that that's fair. I mean, that they've had greater success on the defensive side. I, I, I'm not ready to blame the coaches and single them out for the problems on offense. I mean, I'm watching offensive linemen greatly underachieving, looking very um, uncertain of what their assignments are, making a ton of mental errors, getting beat physically. And I'm not sure you blame the coaches for that. You know, I think those guys got to man up and play better. And, uh, you know, I think that starting to attack the coaches at this stage I don't think there's any basis. Like, you know, what basis are you attacking coaches on? You, you, you've, you know, you've seen these guys go through a half a season together. Um, so I don't, I don't think that now's the time to do a fair evaluation of the coaches on either side of the ball. Um, but we can unequivocally say about the defense that there is no question that Manny Diaz has done a spectacular job this year. You already know that Kuligowski is one of the top defensive line coaches in the country. And how about the cornerbacks? You know, a lot of these guys on the message boards have been knocking Mike Rump all year. I mean, Corn Elder's by far playing his best football as a hurricane. He's been, he's been sensational all year. And I don't know if you noticed, but Colbert, who's in his first season at cornerback, was absolutely spectacular at Notre Dame, making big play after big play throughout the football game. Unfortunately, he's hurt and probably won't play this weekend. Redwine, to me, was overachieving in the first part of the year until he gave up that one pass play against uh, Carolina. But, uh, you know, he's played relatively well. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I think you can praise the defensive coaches and the job they're doing without attacking the offensive coaches. Can the coaching staff find a way to be efficient with the current personnel by making some adjustments to the style of offense they want to play? Um, no. Way too late in the game to adjust the scheme. I don't, I don't think you're going to see Mark Richt installing a new offense. You might see him throw a new play in here or there, but way too late to change the offense. I, I think any evaluations about the offense – are going to have to wait until the off season, And then I do think that Mark Richt has a lot of evaluating to do. I think he's got to take a look at the playbook he's installed and what worked and didn't work throughout the year. And I think he has to evaluate the style of offense that Miami is playing. 
And I think he has to evaluate whether he needs an offensive coordinator. So a lot of tough decisions ahead for Mark Richt, but the middle of the season is certainly not the time um, to be making those judgments. Can Richt and company land the so-called Fab Four of offensive linemen in South Florida? Um, Well, to that one, I'm going to say they need to start playing better. Um, All these guys have top-shelf schools coming in here to recruit them. Navon Donaldson, he's committed. Uh, He's earmarked to come in in January so that he can participate in spring practice and get ready to be a likely starter next year. But I've been saying all season long, and I continue to hear it over and over again from sources out there around the country, that this is not a done deal with Navon Donaldson. And he has left the door open to Florida. He's left the door open to Florida State. um, And has flirted with some other schools as they've come through Miami Central to see what their level of interest is. And I don't think it's a done deal. Now, I think Miami's the leader in the clubhouse, and they're the team to beat. But they need to play better, and their offensive line needs to perform better so that these kids, Donaldson included, and Slayton at American Heritage is certainly another one, and th- that they feel comfortable coming into this program and, and, and playing on a successful offense. So it would really help if the offense started getting their act together. If they do, I think they got a great chance to get, I don't know about all four, but I do think that they, can, they, they could certainly um, land at least two and, and, and build a foundation for the future at the offensive line. I also think that they're going to look in the Juco ranks. I I can't imagine they're not going to try to find at least one Juco offensive lineman that can come in here and help immediately next year um, and or a fifth-year senior who can transfer and play next season because they need a lot of help on the offensive line, as you know. Lastly, why is the Miami sideline lifeless? And I understood why that question came in because when I was watching pregame warmups the other night at Notre Dame, and I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and I, and I, I see things, and I actually had about a 10 minute conversation with somebody who's affiliated with Miami on the staff, and I'm not going to say who it is, but we actually had a 10 minute conversation about this during pregame warmups. When I was looking out on the field, and I just didn't think the Miami players looked like they even wanted to be there. I mean, here they are. They're at Notre Dame with all that tradition and all the history of the series. And the, the thing that troubles me, and this has been going on for several years now, is there is a noticeable, and, I, and when I say noticeable, I mean noticeable difference between how this team looks before the Florida State game than any other game they play the entire season. And they have got to get out of this pattern of getting emotionally up for one game a year. And I don't know if if that's impossible till they start to win, but somehow, some way, they have got to figure out a way to get themselves emotionally ready for ball games when Florida State's not on the other sideline. And I didn't feel that was the case at Notre Dame. And I understood why somebody submitted the question about why the Miami sideline is lifeless. The other night... You're watching Notre Dame, and I'm not sure if they showed this on TV because I was at the game, but Kelly 
had a about 20 players on his team. I'm assuming most of them were reserves and walk-ons who don't play a lot. He had a pep squad on his sideline. And these guys were jumping up and down. And, and you know, I, th- I guess Notre Dame had been having some problems with that earlier in the year where they felt that their sideline was lifeless. And he was bound and determined to, to put some life into his sideline in this game. And these guys were going nuts right in the middle of the sideline before kicks and at other points in the game. And I thought it really helped Notre Dame. It, it, it brought a, a lot of spirit to their sideline. Now I'm not saying Mark Rick has to copy that, but, but I do believe it's a legitimate question about the spirit on the sidelines and all the losing that this team has done the past several seasons. Has it taken the joy out of playing football? From, from these guys. And I, and I think it's a legit issue. Um, I, I think it's a team that tries to turn it on and off. And I think they definitely did not show up with a lot of life at Notre Dame. And it showed as they fell behind 20 to nothing. So let's hope that that also improves as the season goes on. All right, it's time to get to your calls. The number is 646 595 2048. 646 595 2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. To all you guys out there that are listening, and there's a lot of you who have not called into the show ever before, we want to hear from some of you guys tonight. Dial that number, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll get you in the queue and bring you on the show. But first, to kick us off, a familiar guy, a guy that's been number one in the queue, for most weeks this season, and he's there again because he knows to call in early, and that's Greg. Welcome to Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Greg? Great, Gary. How are you? I'm doing good. Okay. It's tough to talk about this team right now, but anyway, um, do you think Brad Kaya has the respect of his teammates? Do you think they view him as a winning player? I do. I do. I don't think anybody blames him for losing. You know, I think last year they, you know, had had a lot of struggles on defense that kept them from from winning more than they did. I mean, I don't I don't think any anybody on this team is blaming Kaya for the fact that they're not winning. So yeah, I do think he has the respect of his teammates. I've never seen anything to suggest that that's not the case. Okay. Now these this guy. Linder and McDermott, I've never seen offensive linemen get pushed back like they got pushed back this week. They made number 94, Jones, on Notre Dame look like Alan Page, for Christ's sakes. you got to be kidding. How, you're telling me they can't put another guy in there? Give him a chance. They couldn't hey, there do is any no other guy. Than you Greg, me they no other couldn't guy. do better than that? Greg, there's no, but there's no other guy. There's nobody else to put in. That's number one. Okay, they did put Gauthier in. They, they, listen, they put Gauthier in for a couple plays, but he's not an improvement over anybody that's out there playing. I agree with you. I don't understand it. These are guys that played last year. They were not pushed around like this last year, especially Linder. I don't know what the heck has happened to that guy. I mean, I always felt he was an overachiever. I always felt that he was a backup-level talent. I never felt that he was a front-line 
linemen at this level of competition. But he is getting blown up this year the way that uh, Gall was blown up last year, and I can't explain it. I do not understand what is going on. Um, it, it looks to me like the you know I do know the techniques that they're using are different. Obviously, the plays are different, and they're clearly struggling. So there's something failing somewhere in the chain that goes from the practice field to game day, and that's what Stacy Cyril's and Mark Rick have you know should have figured out about a month ago. But you know now it's too late. The season's already blown. Um, you know, other than trying to desperately uh, qualify for a bowl game, but. Um, it just doesn't look right. I mean, like you're absolutely right. I, I, I mean, they're they're getting physically killed when they're not making mental errors on what they're supposed to do, and uh, it's really a shame because they do have a lot of playmakers on offense, and you've got guys like Mark Walton and Joe Yearby that are being minimized in this offense because of it. Um, the passing game is suffering from all the sacks. I mean, 13 sacks in the last two weeks. I mean, are you kidding me? And everyone wonders why Brad Kaya is gun-shy after the way he got killed in the Florida State game also. I mean, it's amazing that he's still standing after all the punishment he's taken. So, uh, But, Greg, no, there is nobody else. This is it. That's a sad commentary. Anyway, next year we cannot afford to bring back the same offensive line. The only one I want back is Darling, and I want him to move to guard. We've got to find somebody to replace these other four people. Well, I think they will have a chance to do that. You know, I mean, a lot's going to depend on George Brown, and um, I'm going to try to get some reports on how he's been doing on scout team. Um, he had, you know, he, he's just been helping out on the scout team, so nobody really has a really great evaluation of him. But uh, you've got to hope that that's a guy that steps up in spring practice and can emerge as a starter for next year. Um, you got to hope that Donaldson sticks and that he and that he does come to Miami and gets in in midterm and goes through spring practice because I think he's an a, a elite level talent who can be a starter next year or a guy that plays a lot. So that would give you two bodies coming to the forefront um, that could um, help the problem. And I think that 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 would help help the offensive line a lot, you know, if those two guys come through. And then, you know, maybe you could find a Juco that could play immediately. All right. Now, I read your article today about Slayton. He said Miami has to play better for him to consider Miami. But then he has Mississippi and Tennessee on his list. How Mississippi has five losses. Tennessee has been losing like crazy. Uh, these kids are crazy. They, they don't. Yeah, they, they are. Care. It's nuts. I mean, either you want to come here, or you don't. Well, a lot of them love recruiting. <laughs> Understandably, I mean, they've got they've got they've got grown men, you know, going crazy every day to try to get them to sign, and you know, it, it gets to their heads. And and you, and you're right, they are a little nuts. Okay, theoretically, who are we really losing off this team of consequence other than Corn Elder, who's tremendous? I love Corn Elder, he's a tremendous player. And, uh, and Stacey Coley. And Isidore. I think Adrian, Adrian, Col- I think Adrian Colbert is, is a loss the way he was playing the other night. Um, you know, obviously Danny Isadora. 
You know, I mean, okay, you know, so that's uh, only four or five the, people. Yeah, correct. Theoretically, they should be a lot better next year. You would think, but who knows? I mean, let's bring it. I mean, Georgia's lost four games. Their recruiting class is still great. Notre Dame is highly has a high ranking in recruiting. They have five losses. I mean, Mark Rick is supposed to be a great recruiter. Let's see him earn his four point one million. Well, I think he's trying, and and you also got to fortify the safety position next year. You're losing Jenkins and Carter. Well, so, you know, I, I, I don't just – listen, I wouldn't just assume that Jaquan Johnson can step in there and be a starter at safety. He, to me, he's small. I, I like the role they were using him in earlier in the season. Um, I guess he's, he, seemed, he must be a little banged up right now because they didn't use him the other day but uh, very much. But uh, I like the way they were using him earlier in the season. I don't like him as a starter at safety. I don't think he can physically hold them. So we'll see. You know, it's still going to be, to me, a team that's still developing next year, but we'll see. All right, right, Gary. No, that's it. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Thanks, as always, for getting us started. You too. All right, 646-595-2048, is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And, again, I'm calling out first-time callers who have never before hit that number one on their keypad, want to hear from some of you tonight. Let's go to the 214. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi there. It's Kenny from Dallas. And hey, what's I up, Kenny? have to say I've listened to Well, I've listened to your show this past year, and I've been long in the wilderness with Miami, having gone to school there between 82 and 86. And during the years when we were formatively great, and to watch us tank since uh, we lost to Ohio State after that game. We've been in the wilderness for about 16, what, 15, 16 years, and I had my, have my hopes up with getting marked ricked. Um, I will say I have a lot of things I'd like to say, you know, pent up for all these 30-something years about following Miami. And uh, I have to say I'm here in Dallas, about to drive near downtown Dallas, near the site of my probably my favorite sporting event of all time, which was the Cotton Bowl, where Texas, where Miami destroyed Texas 46 to three. When I was living here, when I was living here, all my Texas friends said how Texas was going to wipe Miami out. And it was so gratifying to see them. I know they got more than 200 yards and penalties, but to see them utterly destroy them, the only people, we were at that game, the Cotton Bowl game. Absolutely. Yep. The only people left, that was the game I think where the athletic director retired. That was his like resignation party or something. It was a Jankovic at the time. Yeah, I think it was. Before the game, they had all the alumni go and see him. The only people left at the game at the end were the Miami fans. There weren't a ton of them. All, All my Texas friends had left, but it was great. And I had, uh, at that time, I was at Parkland Hospital. I was doing my res- uh, fellowship, maternal fetal medicine, and the Miami team was doing their due diligence, doing all their charity stuff, and they came to Children's Hospital right next to Parkland, and I went up there and intercepted them at the elevator. So the whole team was there, and I addressed them, and I told them, hey, look, guys, I went to medical school there. I love you guys. I root for you guys, and you can't blow this game. All these people in Texas are telling me I'm going to lose, we're going to lose bad, and I'm going to have to move out of the state, I think. 
So you'd have to win. And Russell Maryland said something pretty funny. But I have to say, they won and they went over the top. So I always appreciate what they did for me. Because they won, I was able to stay in Dallas and and keep my head up. I will tell you this, that I have some hope with with Rick being the coach, you know. But I, I will say, and I find it very disheartening, that their schedule is extremely soft and it's misleading. I mean, you say that they have, the, what, the 20th-ranked scoring defense in the country or whatever, but their first game is against the, you know, a school I never heard of when I was in Miami, Florida Community College. Their second game is against Florida Atlantic. Their third game is against Appalachian State, whose claim to fame was beating Michigan at Michigan years ago. So their, their first three games are relatively soft, and you have other teams like UCLA coming to Texas A&M, USC coming to Arlington to play uh, Alabama, you have all these really good teams and Miami is playing a community college and then they follow it with another two more soft teams. So the fact that they're, all right, but let's be fair. Wait, let me, let me stop you for a minute. Let's be fair here for a minute. Now, yeah. this is a defense that's been on the field all day in four straight games. Right. Okay. They're getting right. very little help from the offense. There, if, oh, no, if, no, you, I, if you I eliminate those first, those, those, wait, 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 let me finish. If you eliminate those first few games and you average uh-huh. it out, they're only giving up about 25 points a game. So that's not that, bad that, that's in today's true. college football. That's not that, bad. That's true. I, I think – no, no, no. no, no. I, think they have a, I think they have a good defense. I, I, their defense, obviously, is much better than their offense, which is a, you know, disaster. But I think the, the, the hopes for the defense were set up maybe a little too – like an elite defense, like a top-10 defense based upon, you know, playing these cupcake schools. And, frankly, if they want to compete with the big boys – they want to get back to greatness. They're going to have to have a better schedule. Say Miami had had, had won all their games. Say Miami had won, all, you know, or were set or, or seven and one right now instead of four and four, and it came for strength of schedule. Miami's would be a disaster because of who they played the first three games. So I think. Yeah, but every, listen, you know, listen, but everybody plays cupcakes, okay? And right now, uh, they're a legit 17th in the country in scoring offense. I mean, scoring defense. Um, they're only giving up the, – the number one defense in the country right now from a scoring standpoint is Michigan that's giving up 11.6 ga- points a game, and they've played their cupcakes too. Miami's giving up 18-9. So, that, you know, that's no, a huge improvement, huge improvement. No, no, I, I, I don't want to discount Miami's improvement on defense. I think Manny Diaz has done a great job, and I have hope for their defense. It was great to see them being more aggressive instead of being, you know – being on their on their heels all the time. No, no, I don't disagree. I think Miami's defense is significantly better. Um, and two teams do play cupcakes. Uh, A&M's play. I went to watch someone to what A&M today, and they're playing Texas San Antonio. But I think Miami plays more cupcakes than than other teams. And I, I love my you know. And I think one of the one of the things about being a Miami fan is. Better. I, I I love Miami. I a, my mom still lives in Miami. I you know, but we need to get to a place where one day it does. It's not so easy for me unless I go to Arlington, which right, right near where I work, to see him play in the a championship game. I mean, what last year I was going to go to the Sun Bowl, but it was snowing, so I ended up going to Big Bend. The year before I went to Shreveport to see them play uh, to lose against what South Carolina. Um, All right, let me stop you for a minute. Yes. Let me stop you for a minute because you get, you're getting a little long-winded and off the track. I want to go back to your comment a minute ago about cupcakes. Michigan's got the top defense in the country. Let's take a look at who they've played. They opened up against yes. Hawaii 
they beat Hawaii 63 to 3, okay? That's then true. they played UC then they played a horrible UCF team, beat them 51-14. Right. Okay, Colorado was somewhat competitive and scored 28 on them. Then they played a bad Penn State team and only gave them allowed them 10 points. Then Wisconsin, which is a good team, um, allowed right. seven, but then they then they played a horrible Rutgers team, beat them seventy eight nothing, right. and they just beat they beat Illinois forty one to eight before winning at Michigan right. State this past weekend, which is a decent team that scored twenty three on them. But my point is, there's the same number of cupcakes uh, that that Michigan's played, you know, relatively speaking, in terms of ability of the teams as Miami, maybe with the exception of FAMU, they don't have a FAMU on there. Right, they don't. Right, no. So they can cut one cupcake out, I think. But I, I, I but have I mean, for this. There's game. not a lot of difference between FAU and Hawaii. The, the Rutgers, as bad as they are right now. UCF, as bad as they are right now. There's not a ton of difference. Well, let's hope Miami beats Duke, you know, that's the way Duke has been playing. So Duke, beat, like, Duke beat Notre Dame. I saw Notre Dame play Texas down in Austin, and it was scored like. 50-something to 50, you know, to 49. It was, a, it was an incredible game. But um, I'm sorry I'm long-winded. I guess this is 30-something years of, of being pent up, and especially the last 15, 16 years of being lost in the wilderness. I do appreciate your show, though, giving people a chance to vent and to talk about Miami because all you hear about in Texas is Texas football. So, again, I'm sorry I went on. Just all came no, out. No, pro- not a problem at all. All right, well, thank you for being part of the show. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. You got it. All right, let's go to the 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, good evening, Gary. It's the Meister Kane. Hey, what's up, Meister? How you doing this week? Hey, pretty good. Pretty good. Just a little moment down about these four losses, but what else can you do? <laughs> so just a couple comments, and then uh, we'll let these first-time callers have their have their uh, say here. But uh, – when I was watching the game against Notre Dame, you know, I, I kind of thought that the play calling in the first quarter, particularly the first quarter, when they kept going three and out, I, I thought it was a little conservative with them running the ball up the middle all, almost all the time. You know, and I, I, I saw some, uh, I saw some uh, looks with corners playing uh, the receivers way off. And, you know, I, I think they could have maybe throw, have – Kaya throws some like short, quick passes to maybe gain some yards. You know, just just a couple steps and then pew, throw the ball down, throw the ball to the receiver. You know, and maybe gain a couple of yards from that. And then Mike, sir, I don't they... think there's any question that this offense was not designed for the problems that they're having. Right. You know, the, the, in no way, shape, or form, when Mark Rick was putting this playbook together. Did he uh-huh. anticipate that his offensive line would be would struggle this to band? the degree that it had struggled? I, I think it's safe. Band. Yeah, I mean, I think we can we can you know feel very safe in deducing that that mm-hmm. you know because you're right you know that those that type of offense is we're not seeing it you know it, this is not really? a, a, a quick passing offense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And the fact that, uh, yeah, that reminds me, the fact that you said that this offense isn't going to be all that much better next year. In your opinion, do you think Ty is going to leave for the NFL before he gets another tooth knocked out? <laughs> uh, I mean, if I were him, I'd be seriously thinking about it. 
I would be too but, because but, I have a so, funny but team. Listen, gonna... you know, maybe maybe everyone's being too pessimistic. Maybe they can make the offensive line much better before next year. Well, let's hope so. I mean, but you know, against Pittsburgh, you got that Price guy, and they better get a tight end and double team him. Otherwise, he is going to come at Kaya full speed and knock out his tooth again. You know. Yeah, I, I can assure you, they are game planning for him. They're very well aware of of Price. Oh yeah, Price is the I mean, is Pittsburgh's defensive end. Uh, they're very yeah. aware of him, and I and I guarantee you, they're game planning for him. All right. Well, I'll let you go there, uh, Gary. I know you got some first call time uh, callers on there, so that you know, let them have their shot. So, you take care, All right. and I'll. Uh, Thanks for being part I'll of the show, you. man. All right. You take got care it. Now, bye bye. Talk to you next week. Let's go to the three hundred five. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on there, Gary? How you doing? Doing good. Who's this, Shmira? Smart. You got I it, Gary. How are you? Do you? So I saw, sure so I saw your post thing. on the message boards yesterday. Which where, one? I, by the way, where I you, never post, by the way. So you, I have to really – something. Well, I saw really your post yesterday where you, where you were listening to Coach Richt on a show. Okay. And you felt that he sounded this, defeated. He sounded defeated, yes. Yes. Did you hear that interview? No. You didn't. All right. It was nope. the not the morning Joe Rose interview. It was the late. It was the uh, Kings, you know, whatever on five sixty. The later one. He just sounded like a defeated man. He sounded like a guy that really just had no. Just was, you know, just just he sounded defeated. You know, kind of like when you I don't know when you're about to when you had a bad day at the office and you just want to just walk away. That's what it sounded like. Well, it, we've it, all it, been it there. has been. It's been a bad month at yeah. the office. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he comes in here. I mean, owns the town. I mean, everyone is euphoric about his presence. Right. They get Carol Sofer to give them fourteen million dollars for an indoor practice facility. They, mm-hmm. I mean, everything is is unbelievably positive going into the season. They win four straight games. They're four and zero. They're ranked tenth in the country. And the entire thing caves in. I mean, uh, imagine what this guy is feeling. Like he, you know, you can't ever, like, you know, you're the first one that told me you could tell what he's feeling. Um, you know, he's so low key and, and so even keeled that it's very hard to tell what's going on inside his mind. But, you know, he's a human being. I mean, we can only imagine what this man is feeling. I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he's let down. The entire the, the entire community is feeling let down. I, I mean, it, it's like the, the roof caved in on this whole festival of happiness that was going on, and now they're sitting there, they're four and four, and they're dying just to get to a bowl game all of a sudden. So yeah, I can he. I mean, I, I don't know if he's defiant or defeated, but I don't think anybody could dispute that he has every reason. You know, just to be absolutely devastated at what's been going on yeah. the last month. I mean, and it, yes, he's responsible. For it was something. pain. It was painful. To, painful listening to it. I mean, I, you just sounded like you just, you know, you felt bad for the guy. I don't feel bad for well, him, but I'll I mean, tell you the yeah. the number. Hmm. I was gonna say I've I've never had the feeling of letting people down. I I I, I, I was you know I I think back. I don't like I've never had that feeling in my life, but I I can imagine right. what that must feel like. To you know, when when you're when you're feeling like you're letting people down, 
that's got to be tough. Yeah. I mean, he kind of, if you listen and try to read between the lines in the preseason or, you know, pre, pre you know, pre-game, the first game, he was kind of telling this fan base, you guys got to just kind of, this is a, this is a project here. This is not going to be an instant fix when he was talking about the receivers. He was, you know, kind of mentioning their lack of depth. He kind of was preparing the, the fan base for, I don't know if we, I didn't think it was going to get this bad this fast, but he was kind of saying, we're not there yet. This is not going to be a quick fix. If you want to read Nobody between the lines. Nobody expected them to contend for the national title this year. I mean, exactly. But, but, but they've lost four straight to coastal, you know, to, to, to yeah. FSU and coastal teams. And, and I mean, that, that's a little extreme. And, and, you know, and, and I, I've said Miami will not walk on the field for the rest of this year other than maybe, and this is a maybe, that FSU game with less talent than any other team they'll face. And that I don't and care. I know, it's not, I know it's not a complete roster, and it is what it is, but you can't tell me that that average Notre Dame team had much better talent. You can't tell me that North Carolina had – they didn't. They did, it did splat out. They didn't. FSU came down here with a true fre- – I mean, with a freshman quarterback and beat us on our field on a game that we very well should have won, and that's just the, the bottom line fact. And that kid's only going to get better, and that kid has a lot of heart. And but you, but at the end of the day, you're talking about a four or five loss uh, Florida State team. That's not a good team. That's a that's a rebuilding year for them. I mean, come on, it is what it is. But I'll tell you the number one thing that I that really shocks me about this whole debacle that's going on is the lack of discipline this team has. I mean, you're talking about every 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 game you're getting four or five unsportsmanlike conducts. They're shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, it's unbelievable. And and that starts with the coach. That starts with coaching. Yeah, that that did also, really happen at Notre it, Dame. But, yeah, but but I know what you're saying. It, it did happen at Notre Dame. It did, uh, didn't they get at least three or four personal fouls? No. I mean, I, you want to – is there any way maybe sometime during the show you want to just pull up how many flags yeah, no, they got? I'm, in yeah, but I'd have, to go, I'd have to go back and look at them. I'm trying to remember if any of them were just blatantly selfish and undisciplined like they were in some of the other games. In general, though, that that has been – this is not a very disciplined team. You're, and I know Jamal Carter has got a few, but, I mean, there's a few just bonehead, bonehead. I mean, these are bonehead things. And another thing is – and this is right at coaching. I mean, you how do you walk out of – on a Notre Dame's field after being off for 14 days or 13 days and come out as flat as you are? I mean, come on. I, I mean, how do you do that? How, how does that happen? Oh. They were they were flat. They, they they were. I'm, I, I said it earlier. I was watching pregame warmups. I'm like, my God, this team looks like they do not even want to be here. Yeah. And I actually and I had I, the I, conversation with two different people. I'm like, you know, what's it like? Look at these guys. You know, and and there, there was a point in pregame warmups where Coach Rick had them around in a circle and looked like he was trying to get a little more energy out of them, and they picked it up a little bit there, but. Um, you know, I wasn't surprised when they came out and fell behind because it just didn't look to me like they really passionately wanted to be there playing that game. And I thought that was sad. I mean, Notre- you know what? That was Miami Notre Dame, man. That was Miami yeah. Notre Dame. And 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 for, you know, think about the fan base when that game was announced seven years ago or whatever. I mean that that is a road trip. And a game that was circled on a lot of people's calendars, and I know because I saw them in the airports, and I saw them in downtown Chicago, and there were Canes sure. fans everywhere up there. Uh, people bringing their sure. whole families to that game. I mean, you, you know, husbands with wives and kids, and uh, I mean, that was a major 
major moment and event for the Canes fan. And I couldn't understand why, you know, why they look like they just didn't really even want to be there. And then they fall behind 20 to nothing. Now, I give them a lot of credit because they, you know, they picked it up and they came back and they took the lead in that game. And I give them a lot of credit did for that. My, did, but it, did, Notre Dame, did they pick it up or did Notre Dame hand it to them on a silver platter by making no, three they, they, it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of both, little, but they picked it up. I mean, they, they definitely picked it up. I mean, let's be fair. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be no. you don't want to be unfair no, in your criticism. No. I mean, I mean, they they picked it up. They played much better after the first quarter. But you spot sure. a team twenty points that's let's say at the same talent level as you, which I think that was fair. What you said, and I I think that they're probably pretty comparably talented teams. And or you spot comparably a team mediocre. Yeah, comparably mediocre. Can we agree on that? Yeah, they're both having mediocre <laughs> seasons, but I think they're both about at the same place right now in terms of their rosters. Notre Dame's a little better in some areas than Miami. Miami's probably a little bit better than Notre Dame in some areas, but you can't spot a team 20 points. No. 100%. I, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. This Pittsburgh team that's coming in here, last – I mean, I, I follow them pretty closely. They're one of my teams I like to bet on a weekly basis. They're, they're – I, other than giving up a ton of – their DBs are pretty weak. Miami's – I mean, if, if Kai actually gets to throw the ball, because if I'm a defense alignment, if I'm one of those defense alignment for Pitt – this is how you become from a third-round pick to a first-round pick because you could just show the highlight reel of your game against Miami, and you're just going to get us boost up two rounds in the draft like the guys from Notre Dame and whatever it may be. But, I mean, their DBs are a little weak, but this is a pretty well, tough Well, they, they, they load up. The line. Yeah. It's, it's, Pitt is not a place where you want to be a DB because they load up at the line of scrimmage. They take a lot of chances. They try to make plays up front, and they leave their defensive backs in one-on-one coverage all day and night. Right. So uh, it's tough for those guys. But, you know, they're going to get And they're young. Sometimes. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, oh God, I feel bad. I mean, this is. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch. I mean, how can you ever bet, think Miami's going to win this game? I, I wouldn't think so. And they're well coached. They're very well coached, Pittsburgh. Yeah, very well coached. Doing a fiery he's doing coach. Doing a good job up there. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah. They've had some bad luck. Down? Down? They've lost games, but he's a very good coach. Have you? Did you watch the North Carolina game? Um, they, I mean, there's a probably entering the fourth quarter. There's probably a less than five percent chance they lose that game, and they. Any way, shape, or form that they could blow, blow it, they blew it to North Carolina in that game. It was unbelievable. Um, only because I had the money line. But, um, my God, what was my other point I wanted to make to you? <laughs> hey, big big Breeders' Cup weekend, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why they made the Miami game early. Um, gosh, Gary, what was I going to tell you? There's one other point I really wanted to make. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm lost for words and just you know just I'm, I'm I don't. oh and what, what were you guys talking about earlier? Is he sacrificing losses to prove he could run the ball? Please tell me that's one of the most ridiculous comments I think I've heard in in years. You're telling me the guy wants to lose games because he, or is he too stubborn? That's crazy. That's that's ludicrous. You only have one goal in 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 this whole thing. And it's to win a game. Now the question was is he is he sacrificing um, potential losses to to build an identity on the team, and and I, I mean I think he's maybe sacrificing some things to build an identity, but he's certainly not looking to lose the games. That's for sure. Um, well, I, so I should hope. I, I I mean I should hope not. And it seems like what's working best, I guess, and and this is not working best. Best of the worst is Kai out of the shotgun throwing the the short passes. And I'm actually I'm shocked Braxton Barrios is not having a bigger impact this year. 
how did that kid just doesn't run little in the slot, little five yard, you know, five yard ins and outs? And just, yeah, he's not being used the way that he could be used that would allow him to have any kind of impact at all. And he's right. he's not an outside receiver. I mean, let's face it. No. He, you know, Braxton Barrios is a toy. He's a toy. You know, he's like, he's like the you, kid from North Carolina, the kid Switzer yeah, exactly. or whatever. You, yeah, mix them. You mix them in here and there. You know, he's not a front line uh, outside receiver. All right, Schmeider, exactly. let me let some other people get on. Thanks so much for being part of the show, and we'll uh, we'll talk uh, to you again next week. All right, Gary, I'll speak to you soon. Good luck on the Breeders' Cup. All right, Schmeira, he's a guy that likes to bet on the ponies, and I might as well segue right now and talk to you guys for a moment about our main sponsor for the evening, and that's MyBookie.ag. You heard me talk about them at the beginning of the show. Uh, they're loving the Canes fans. The Canes fans have embraced this new sports betting site. Um, Canes Sport Live listeners have been flocking to mybookie.ag, taking advantage of their special offer for you guys, where they are matching your initial deposit with a 100% bonus. And they called up this week and they said, we want to thank the Canes fans by even further sponsoring Canes Sport Live. And that's why you've heard me talking all night about mybookie.ag. And um, the Canes fan knows who's going to win the game. You know, you guys are ready for those big moments on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. And MyBookie AG gives you an opportunity to put your money where your mouth is. And uh, you can get some money on the game, and you can score a big win today at MyBookie AG, where you can join thousands of online players, including many of your fellow Kane Sport Live listeners in betting at MyBookie. They have live in-game betting, so that you can even place a bet after kickoff. And unlike some other websites you might find, mybookie.ag offers fast, no-hassle payouts when you win. Now, um, you heard our previous caller, Shmira, talk about how he's going to be betting on the Breeders' Cup this weekend. I can assure you, he's one of those guys that took advantage of the special offer for Kane Sport Live listeners at mybookie.ag. And you can join now. And MyBookie will match your deposit with a 100% bonus. That's a great deal. You use the promo code CANES, C-A-N-E-S, to activate the offer. You visit MyBookie.ag today, or you call 844-900-BETS. That's 844-900-BETS. You tell them you listen to Cane Sport Live, you got the promo code CANES, and when you make your deposit, they will match it with a 100% bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. And if you're an expert or you're a rookie, you got to check out MyBookie. So I encourage everybody, sign up today and take advantage of that special offer for Kane Sport Live listeners with the promo code Canes. They will 100% match your initial deposit. MyBookie.ag. All right, let's return back to the show and back to your calls. The number is 646 646- Five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I'm calling out first time callers this evening. We want to hear your opinion on things. And let's go now to the seven oh six. You're live on Kane's Live. Hey, Sebastian. Hey, Gary. How you doing? This is Sebastian. What's going on? What's up, Sebastian? I thought I'd change my name for a minute. <laughs> hey, Gary. Uh... 
a dismal season for us, man. But uh, I know. I'm not going to lay that. You can probably tell. I'm trying to have fun tonight. I mean, it's been brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. that road trip to Notre Dame with the two-hour drive each way and the whole thing. I mean, that 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 and just seeing how how unhappy everybody was and it, it was you know especially the kids i mean i'm serious a, a lot of the canes fans brought their entire families on this road trip and and yeah. you know brought them to chicago for a great weekend and the notre dame game they had looking forward to for years um and man to to lose another one like that wow i, I know how frustrated everybody is so i'm just yeah, trying to it, you know it, it, you know it's tough you know i just want us to if we can get three of the next four or all four of them get to a bowl game. I just want us to win a bowl game to have some momentum going into next year. But just a few observations I just want to uh, talk to you about. I don't lay this all at the coaching staff feet. I lay it at the previous coaching staff feet. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're still working our way through this probation phase. And part of the probation was not the loss of the scholarships. It's just recruiting players that just wasn't Miami caliber players. You know, if you go back to, I'm not sure if it's two or three years ago, we recruited like six offensive linemen, and none of them are doing anything for us. We got that guy from Tallahassee. He's not doing nothing. We got that guy from Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania. He's not doing nothing. We got that guy from New Jersey. He's not doing nothing. You know, you can't, you can't run a program like that. You can't, you can't miss that many times on a crucial position on your team and think you're going to be successful. I don't know if you want to elaborate on that, but that, that that's where it's at. Um, I would say yeah, I'm, elaborate. I'm going to elaborate mm-hmm. by saying I totally agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> okay. The, the, thing, the, 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 the thing that I want to point out is Sonia Dabu, he wasn't a great offensive lineman, but I would rather have him back on the right side. I mean, I really well, would. Hurt, I mean, it hurt your depth. Huh? It hurt their depth a lot. You know, it, St. It Louis was it hurt, yeah. spots, and now, now he's a young guy trying to build confidence and start, you know. So yeah, you can't, there's no depth. Can't, that hurt them quite a bit. He can't do it. What's going to be key to Miami being able to come back is this recruiting class. How many of these new guys can we get to come in early and roll? Can we keep Donaldson? Can we keep Ford? Can we keep the tight end? Can we keep some of those key areas, those key players, you know, coming into the program. The other thing I don't understand is why did the coaching staff go ahead and move Dobar to the defensive side? I think he, I thought he was a great blocking tight end, and he could help St. Louis on that side. If you have slow developing pass plays, give some offensive linemen some help. You know, well, I, I, I think he wasn't playing. I guess they're looking for a way for him to contribute a little bit in practice and stuff. I don't, you know, they're they're not they're not looking to line up a tight end and, and telegraph what they're doing with them. You know, I mean, they're, they're not looking to put them in and have them already know before the play starts that he's going to block, you know, that kind of, you know, so they're doing it. They're, they're doing it with Herndon and the Joku. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't disagree with you that he maybe could have made an impact on some plays and helped out he's a little help bit. He's going to help St. Louis out. He's going to help St. Louis out on that side. It, 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 yeah, it, 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 it's a coaching choice. Um, what do you think for the next four games? What do you think realistically? Do you think we're going to end up seven and five? We're going to end up eight four. Um, there's not a thing Boy, really I, on the calendar. I really think we can't beat. You know, we just need to be able to come out and be able to just execute. 
The other thing I want to say go, is they could go four and zero, and they can go zero and four. I mean, how do you predict anything with this team? Well, I can't I'm, do I'm, it. Look, I was pessimistic the last time. I, I had a feeling we were going to lose to Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. This team really needs to understand. Really, when we recruit, we don't need to worry about the skill position. At least for one big offensive, one. We need to really invest on the defensive side, of the defensive line, and the offensive line. That's how you win games. Um, I don't you, agree with you. you uh, they need receivers bad. I mean, you know, Stacy Coley's leaving. You don't have a big time receiver, other than you know, uh, Amon Richards looks like he can Amon become Richards, that guy. Yeah. But, but I mean, you need more than one guy. I mean, they need receivers bad. In my, in my opinion, obviously, they need offensive linemen really, really bad. Um. You know, defensive line is probably the place where they least need guys. Well, I tell you what, Manny Diaz, we got to give him credit. That's been the bright spot this year. He's fixed that defense in one year, and I don't think a rebuild is going to take real, real long for Mark Rick if he really has the talent and the skills and the knowledge. I mean, look at Jim Harbaugh. He got Michigan split. They in the top five now. I mean, yep. and, I mean, they're clicking, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders. It, it don't take long. It didn't take Nick Saban long, but. Gary, mark my word, we got a coach that has championship pedigree. I've always said that we needed that. What we really need to do is spend some time investing in the offense and defensive line. And if we don't have six offensive linemen on this recruit class, we're going to be singing this song again next year. You know, it's going to take us to get an early enrollee. It's going to take us to get a JUCO. And then it's going to get us to get four guys on the shelf that we could just grow and develop and uh, take it from there. And we cannot sleep on the defensive defensive line and the defensive side of the ball. Our guys are banged up. We don't have the depth and everything that we need. But I will tell you, I was pessimistic the last time. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be a little optimistic. I think we can go 4-0. and And if we go 4-0, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of Kane fans that's going to be real happy. We won a bowl game. We didn't compete for the ACC. However, we got our program at least on a trajectory where it can go in a positive direction. What I'm really, really sad is this is the year we should have beat Notre Dame and Florida State. There's no doubt in my mind. I hate losing to the nose because all they do is get our players to South Florida. But this was the year we should have beat them. And this was the year we should have beat them. And next year we got to try to go up to Tallahassee and take them out. And that's going to be tough. But the year we beat the nose is the year we can count our program being back. Just put me on hold. You can comment on that. I just want to enjoy the show. Look forward to talking to you next week. All right, man, we'll talk to you then. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? It's Ross from Jersey. Trying to get into hey. trying to get in there early, man, because it's a lot being talked about. Hey, we, we, we both know what's up. Um, this offense a lot. But question for you. Question for you. We're discussing – you're saying you're agreeing with um, a comment that somebody typed into you, and you're saying you think that the coach is trying to make a point, the head coach is trying to make a point by running the ball, and, and he's trying to make a statement that that's what he's going to want to do in the future. I just got, I'm, I'm going to try to be calm as possible, and I want you to just answer some questions for me because I, I need answers, man. Let me ask you a question. Who on this offensive line that you think should be able to keep their job the rest of the four games that we have and into next year's spring. 
And, and don't cut me off because I got, I got some questions tonight, Gary. I, I need you to don't worry about what people are thinking and talking. Just, I need that answer. Who on this phone is in line right now? Otherwise, from the scene, obviously, that you think deserve to keep their job next four games and going into the spring. <laughs> it depends who can replace them. No, 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 no. It's not about depending because we're, we're talking about a hope that we get a JUCO, which I do agree. We're talking about we hope that we get the um, freshmen coming. If we're getting their freshmen, and you're going to be up here next week, you know, next year talking about don't forget their freshmen, you got to give them time, and blah, blah, blah. No. Who deserves to keep their job next week, the week after that? But my point is, you're saying that we have nobody on the offensive line to come in and do the job. That's terrible. I'm not well, we don't know yet. We don't know yet, Ross. We don't, just, we don't know that no, yet. You, no, you said it. You said No, right now you don't game. have anybody. But that's terrible. We're in a game. This is what. What, what game is this? We're about to play on what, our eighth game? <laughs> and we, we can't. We, listen, we watch games every weekend. Everybody across the nation. We watch games play, and a guy goes down or not playing well, is behind, gets sent off the field, he, get, he, he gets an, um, a legal procedure call, you see him high-tailing off the field, and somebody being put in to replace him. You see a, a, a player go down, he's hurt, and you hear him talking about, here's from a junior, from such and such, such or a sophomore, redshirt sophomore. We, it, it's, it's been so many games, we have not developed. I don't care if they're guards or tackles, we have not developed one single player that they could put in and say we're going to There's nobody to develop. There's nobody to develop. Okay, <laughs> there's, so there's, I, nobody, so, there's nobody so the there that, that belongs there. Okay, so here's, here's the question. Here's another question. It, it falls into this. You had um, on one of your articles, you on one of the wide receivers say he needs to be recruited, he needs a scholarship offer, and we won't offer it here because well, I guess we're waiting on two other um, wide receivers. So which one of these guys who are not playing that you say we they're not they're no good? How many of those guys are we going to keep? Because if we could take their scholarship, we need to take their scholarship. Like we need to just go ahead and offer the kid, knowing that they're not going to ask these guys to come back. Am I wrong or right there? Well, I, I think you're going to see some guys that are asked not to come back. No, but I'm saying they, need, they need the spots, yeah. man. They need they're going to need those spots. You can't just yeah, have guys are, that have no hope to ever play. Sitting on your roster, walking for another, around on your sideline, number seventy-seven, number seventy-seven, all these, just walking around on your sideline with no spirit, not looking to get in the game, not worried about getting here. Like probably look like they want to hide somewhere instead of being up front trying to see if they can stand next to the coaches to get in. Everybody in the background. But my point is, Gary, again, if we're going to take a scholarship from those guys anyway, why don't we just go in? Why are we not offered this wide receivers? Why we have not offered this wide receiver? Can you give us an answer on that? Why has this guy not been offered yet? You talking about the guy, the kid from St. Thomas? Yes. They probably don't want to take a small receiver. Oh man. Okay. Or they don't want to commit to taking a small receiver, until, you know, until until they're they've exhausted the the other options. Yeah, but you know what? We're we're, we have guys that tell us that we need to play better. It's just a disaster, Gary. Again, you're not, you, you listen, I know you're trying to avoid it in a sense, but give me that answer. Who deserves to keep their job? McDermott got blown up. and they, it, it, depends, they came at, it depends what the options are, Ross, and we don't know that yet. We don't know what the options are. I, I think they came at him purposely because, you know, remember what he did against Notre Dame 
by turning him down and saying that he wanted to play for him. I think they came to stub his nose in it. He's soft. He's soft. Well, you know, his brother was on their coaching staff. Exactly. So (laughs) don't you think he knows that his brother is soft and how to attack him? Yeah, but let's just just call it what it is. And another thing, too, let's. Now, you know, I'm so passionate about this because there's some serious things that's going on here. Let's go over to the defense a little bit, okay? So you're saying that you don't have, you don't see anybody again that could rep- that we're going to be able to replace in the defensive backfield. So you're telling me you have no idea. You don't think Knowles is no good. You don't think he can be a safety. Wait, say that again. The kid, what's his, what are you waiting for? One of our defensive backs that's not getting a lot of playing time. What's his name? Last name Knowles or I, I can't, yeah Knowles he, Robert he, Knowles yeah yeah. So you think he has no shot of stepping in? Because this is what we were used to. I didn't say that. Was, I, I didn't you say, say that. that. But wait, well, Gary, you said, I said it, one of the calls is you. All right, Ross, slow again? down, buddy. Ross, slow okay, down, slow down, slow, slow down, slow down. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's clarify the safety thing. Hey, I didn't say that Robert Knowles had no shot. What you didn't I say said. Robert Knowles in the you, didn't call his name. you know what? I'm shutting you off. You won't let me talk. All right. Listen, what I'm saying, and I'll turn you back on in a minute, but I, I can't get a word out. What I said was safety is an issue with Jenkins and Carter departing. I didn't say that Robert Knowles couldn't develop and be one of those guys next year. That remains to be seen. But he's not that level player right now as we sit here today. He's not as good as Jenkins or Carter. Okay, I'm, I put okay. you back on. Go ahead. I understand. I know you, you're right. You didn't call his name. But you, your, your, your answer was very quick and very precise by saying we don't, have to, we don't have that. So I'm saying, okay, we have guys who are sitting or not getting, getting special team play that you're not even willing to say have a shot. So now you just kind of say, you kind of like change it and say, okay, he have a shot maybe. In the spring, he'll be able to show us that he'd be able to do the job. So I'm just saying, I'm just okay. You're talking about a guy that was taken by the Al Golden staff, okay, at the last second. Okay, he was not a highly regarded recruit. He he was a project um, that they took a flyer on because they had a scholarship available. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not defending him. What I'm saying is, we just we're terrible there because we can't we can't we have to. Our, what game are we in? We, we're coming up to game eight, nine, and we can't pull an offensive lineman and put on the field. We, we're in game eight, game nine, and we can't think about some of these guys that we can replace. So that, that means we're in terrible shape in the defensive backfield again, offensive line again, okay? And I also want to say this, and, and you tell me, and, and Gary, I'm not here to, to, to get no argument with you, but I'm also very concerned. I want to hear your opinion on this. We have two very good tight ends. Which one of these guys do you think is going to leap at NFL? One of them is going to leap at NFL. Which one of these? Not necessarily. It's very hard at that position with the way the you know when you're kind of like an H back tight end. Very very hard to leap for the NFL early. I don't think either one of them leaves. Gary, you don't think you don't think the Jersey tight end is is a political uh, NFL the NFL be all over him? His measurements. Is he a he first round pick? It's not about being a first round. If they tell him he's going to get drafted in the first day or the second day, he's he's gone. Why? Why? Why would he leave if he's going to get okay. drafted in, in the I'm, third or fourth? Because round? he also, and also because and remember, I'm calling from Jersey, so I might have a little bit more inside. You understand? He's only he's only a sophomore. You understand that, right? No, what I'm saying, guys. I'm saying, well, guys like him. I'm saying guys like when when the offense is not performing. 
they're going to they're going to leave. Guys will leave. No, we'll say, right, Marvin, we'll see, you're, you're, you're getting you're getting all over the place on us now. All I'm right, so listen, you. listen, gather yourself. Let's see what happens this week and call us back next week. You're you're no, 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 you're before, flying before, off. Before, 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 before you hang up, before you hang up, Najoku is a sophomore. He's not. I understand. Before you before you hang up, I'm not saying it's not impossible. If you know if if he is a third year guy and and. Could conceivably, I guess, could uh, go if he if he really wanted to, but I don't believe that he's at the point right now where the NFL. Yeah, did we redshirt uh, him or not? Did we redshirt him? Huh? Or not? Did we redshirt him or not? Okay, so right? I, I, I was just letting you, I was just letting you go ahead and say he's a sophomore, but I, I know what he is. But anyway, before you, I want you to put me a hold when we're done. But I still need within the show. I need you to answer that question about the offensive line for me. Which one of these guys deserve their job next week? We don't know that because we don't know who the options are to replace them. <laughs> I, I'm just saying if it was you and you making a decision, who would you not want to see play this coming game? the spring when we know what the options are. Garrett, that's not my question. I'm saying who do you think Let's is going to play next week? Let's see what the options are for the coaches for next year. We don't know that yet. I we don't know what, what I'm yet. We don't know what freshmen are going to come in on the recruiting class. Garrett, we don't know. that's not my we question. Don't Brown, how he's going to factor in. I like him, by the way. I hope he turns out to be good. I'm saying, who deserves to still be playing next week? So many unknowns. There's a freshman kid out there, Trey Johnson. We have no idea how he's going to do this spring. I I mean, we can't analyze that. If you you had to to bench somebody in the Pittsburgh game, who would you bench? And and then you can put me on. Who would you bench on the offensive line next week? Yes. I'd start with Linder. But they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody to bench him. You can't bench him. You want to do that? I don't think so. No, they don't have any. Well, where's the point? I hear you. But we're just going to keep getting our our running back killed and everybody else killed. Ross, call us again next week. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you this evening? Doing great. Who's this? Adam. Uh, all right, Adam. How are you doing this week? You, you, can you tell too... us how we're, supposed to, how we're supposed to bench somebody when we don't even know who we're replacing them? No. My question with the offensive line is these were all highly rated guys coming out of high school. Like, you look at Barn Milo, he was a two- or three-star players. Was there a disconnect versus when they got – when they were in high school versus college? You got to understand. I, like, I understand. Bar-Milo, hey, Barmilo, wait, let me stop you because Barmilo is a great example, okay? Sorry. He's, 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 no, no, it's, it's, it's good. I just, I just think he's a great example, so I want to stop you for a minute. Okay. Kid's 6'6", six, 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 he's 300 pounds, okay? Imagine what that kid did in high school. Okay, in a, in, a high, in high school games, I mean, and that's what that's where it, why it's so hard for linemen. I mean, it, it, you can't evaluate those guys. He's so much bigger and so much stronger than everybody he's playing in a high school game. That's why he was a four-star kid coming in. Now, you know, let's say something else about him too. He's a redshirt freshman. Okay, offensive linemen really should take three. Shouldn't really set foot on the field typically unless they're just a freak till their third year. Okay, it takes a couple of years to develop offensive linemen. Now I don't know if Bar Milo is ever going to develop. I'm not sure he'll stay in the program. 
Um, If I had to make a bet, it would be that he'd go back home to California after this year because it's just not working out. But um, it's very, very hard for a lineman to not have a couple years to develop. Okay. I mean, the other thing is, like, Vic Dermott was also a four-star player. And the last really good four, five, six-star player for Miami that started as a freshman was Sean Trout. And that was what, 2011 or 2010? Yeah. So that was really the last five-star star recruit, which is why I'm a little nervous when you talk about Navon Donaldson. Like, I know he has the potential to be a great player, but to ask him to step in as a freshman? It's very, and... very tough. But, but at least he's got the body. And, 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 and he, I mean, he's a, he's a grown man right now. And at least he's got a shot. But here's the problem they have on the offensive line. You got well, we can't Mahoney. block anyone. Well, but, but, but let's look at the roster. You got Mahoney. Yeah. You got Loftus. Okay, you got Knighton. Those are three guys. Right there for starters that just flat can't yeah. play. Jahair Jones will be a fourth. That are taking up scholarships that just that just flat cannot play. Okay. But Jahair um, Jones was actually pretty highly Milo. recruited. No, not really. I mean, he's I mean, a guy they picked Virginia up. Tech. I think Virginia all right. Tech was all over him. But I wouldn't call it highly regarded. I mean, he, he, okay. was, he was just he was just a guy they took because he's a big body. But then, yeah, okay. then you start throwing the Bar Milo, the Bar Milo's in, and um, you know, Odagu's hurt. You got Alex Gall sitting there, but Gauthier, who they can't seem to get to the point where they feel comfortable playing him very much. So I mean, <laughs> it's just it, it's a bad deal, man. You can't have that many guys yeah. in one position who can't play. I mean, isn't that the fear, though, with what this class is? You're taking in Dykstra, star out-of-state guy, two, three-star player who just can't play ACC football. Oh, we don't know that yet. They like Dykstra. It's okay. So, okay. I, you know, right right now we have to respect their evaluation. Yeah. This is a new, it's a new coaching staff that's doing the evaluations. And, yes, they've okay. got a couple three-star guys. you got this Zelante Hillary guy who's a three-star. Yeah. you got Zach Dykstra who's a three-star offensive lineman that they're committed to yeah. taking right now. And, you know, I, I, I think we, you know, we, you have to respect the new coaching staff's evaluations until they prove to you okay. that they, that they screw up like the old staff did. Uh, okay. Just, just a couple other questions. Right now. Okay. Just a few more questions. One can um, I switch to hoops real quick? Yeah, go ahead. What do you think of this this team, this Vasajek kid I hear can shoot the lights out from three? Do you think we could make another deep run to, like, the Sweet 16 with the lack of guard play or with, like, Angel leaving and Sheldon leaving? All right, I'm not going to get that crazy, but here's what I'll tell you. NBA scouts that have been through the yeah. gym and watch, and watch mm-hmm. practice think yeah. that this is going to be Jim Laranega's best team. Really? Even better than the 12-13 team with Shane Larkin Correct. and all the seniors? They, wow. they think that this will be his best team based on what they saw on the practice court and the level of talent that they have. So we'll see. They haven't, you know, they haven't played a game yet. Yeah. But those it, educated basketball it, minds give yeah. those opinions, and they think this team's going to be pretty darn good. 
Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm impressed more with Jim Lair. No offense to Coach Rick, but Jim Laranega is really recruiting well. He got this kid, Dan Gak, who's supposed to be really good. This kid, Wartenberg, out of New Zealand, who's supposed to be really good, and Chris Sykes. So I'm really impressed with Miami's basketball recruiting as well. They are running that program so well, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's a big change player from where they Coaching, recruiting, they have it all going on at basketball. Yeah. Now the, fo- now the football program's got to go. Yeah. Um, just a couple other questions. You were mentioning safeties a little while, while ago. What do you see in, like, Jeff James and Romeo Finley projecting forward? Do you, can you see them as contributors next year going forward? Not yet. Not yet, I can't. I mean, They haven't looked good on the practice field? I mean, okay. I mean, we'll we'll see what they do in spring practice. Okay. You know, Romeo Finley's not ready yet. He's a freshman. No, I know. He's not ready yet. He's not an elite kid. He's a project kid that they're trying to develop. That they, you know, they saw some, they saw him get better in high school and come on late, and they felt he was worth a shot. And the same with Jeff James? Yeah, definitely. Um, who would you say is further along if you had to toss a coin between the two of them? Between those two? I mean, maybe yeah. Finley a little, maybe Finley a little bit, but I mean, there's no real strong basis for evaluation there. Uh, okay, um, and um, a couple recruiting questions. I think somebody mentioned it earlier. Um, I know I know it was on uh, either this side or the other side. Um, I saw Miami just offered a JUCO linebacker, Johnson. Yes, he's a kid that's getting very hot. Uh, you know, with schools around the country, he's a legit player. Uh, Miami's thrown themselves into his recruitment. Um, he's a former Bama commit, um, but he decommitted from Bama because of the academic requirements in the SEC. He will not be going to an SEC school. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to explain. I don't ask me to explain that. Uh, I don't have that explanation, (laughs) but but, uh, apparently he he can get into UM uh, where he couldn't get into Bama and Miami has started very seriously recruiting him, but we have no idea where they stand at this point. We're we're still, have you seen tape on this kid to know if he's, he's somebody who could be like, I know we have three, all three linebackers coming back next year, but could have you seen tape to say, okay, this is a JUCO kid that could come in and challenge for yeah. a starting position? I have not. Um, I, I I just heard his name for the first time a few days ago while while I was okay. traveling, and um, I have not gone and watched tape on him yet. But I have been told okay. by people whose opinions I respect that he is a legit prospect, a guy that can definitely come in and help this program, and that's why they're recruiting him. Okay, and a couple of other questions. I saw Holloway um, is coming this week, this weekend, I think, for the pit game, and hopefully we Holl- can actually – Holloman, sorry. Is Holl- yeah. Holloman yes. serious about Miami, right? Yes. I mean, I know DJ Dallas because I was reading, I think it was the AJC, and they're still saying that Georgia and Tennessee are in the lead and all the other schools are in the background. Well, we'll know more after he visits. Okay. Um, you know, we'll know, we'll know who's, who's in the lead and who's not in the lead after he visits. 
Okay. And, and they've really put Mike Hartley on the back burner, no pun intended, uh, for the time being. Um, because I think it was Ryder said he... He's not a priority. Uh, you know, the, he's a smaller receiver. They're trying to get away from smaller receivers. They're trying to recruit, you know, guys like Amon Richards, uh, okay. you know, and, and with those type of but, body types. And if he gets an offer, well, yeah, but right now I think they're, they're, they're fishing in, in, in deeper seas. And okay. if it doesn't work out, he might get an offer later in the game, and then he's going to have to make a decision whether – he accepts the offer, or whether he sits there and 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 holds a grudge that he wasn't offered earlier. Oh, you know, okay. My my guess is, is is that's a that's a guy that they could, you know if they could decide make a decision on in January. Okay, and you don't think because he said he grew up a UM fan, I'm just concerned that he'll still hold a grudge and just go to West Virginia. Well, sort of at that us. point, it's up at that point, it's up to him. Kids that hold grudges okay. are are silly. Okay, these coaches yeah. have a job to do. They're evaluating every receiver mm-hmm. in the United States, okay? And they're not ready yeah. to say to Mike Harley that we're ready to make a, an offer to you because they're trying to recruit guys that they feel would be better for the program than Mike Harley. Okay. Or, they don't have a firm, or they don't have a firm conviction on him. Okay. Well, so, thank so, you. And that's their job, man. That's what yeah. they're supposed to do. <laughs> I mean, yes. that's, that's a good coaching staff. You know, I, I, I but they got to be right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the yeah. only thing. Yeah, and they, and they better hit right on the offensive line this year because even though they I hit don't right. think they high is hit right everywhere. Yeah, for the offensive line alone, no, everywhere. This team has no yeah. depth on its roster. They need help in every position. every position. You go around, and I had this conversation earlier in the year, and I might have mentioned it on yeah. the show. But you go out there on the practice field, and the whole practice field, there's a ring of guys, okay, that have been all Americans at Miami, been part of national championship teams. Yeah. There's not one guy, not one, on this current team that could beat out any guy on that fence on the practice field. So you, you think they got a little recruiting to do? They, it's not yeah. just the offensive line. This team needs help in every yeah. position on the roster. Yeah. And this is a – Critical well, uh, Hopefully this can be like the 98 team, the 98 recruiting class, which had, I think, Mike Rumpf and Ed Reed in it. If I'm, well, I might be mistaken with Ed Reed, but I think Mike Rumpf was in that 98 class. It would be and very nice if they if it had Reed. I'm no, sure but DJ I mean, Dallas yeah. to be that kind of player. Yeah. And even Ed Reed wasn't that highly recruited, I don't think. So we'll see going forward. Well, thanks for taking my call, Gary. Have a great rest of the Any show. Time. Thanks for being part thanks. of the show. Thank you. All right, six six four six five nine five two zero four eight is the number. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I want to hear from some first time callers. I've been saying it all night. Let's go out to the six four six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, what's up, BK Hurricane? What's up, BK? How you doing this week, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, Gary. Um, listen, I want to. Um, well, this is mostly a basketball question. You know, I kind of, I'm kind of steering towards basketball right now. Um, you know, the team looks really good. Uh, you know, with the ACC being so stacked, you know, do you think like a team like Miami? 
that could possibly have like twenty wins not make it into the tournament? No, there's gonna be no. The, the ACC is gonna absolutely go crazy this year in the NCAA tournament. They, tournament. they might have nine or ten teams in the tournament this year. The wow. ACC is, the ACC has some really good teams this year. Oh, because I would hate to see, well, you know, inevitably somebody, a really good team from the ACC is going to get left out of that tournament. Because from top to bottom, I mean, we're like the Alabama of college basketball. I mean, the ACC in general. You know, like, you know, top to bottom, you know, there, you know we have some amazing teams in the ACC. Yep. You know? All right, quick quick football question. Like, um, you know, like after the loss to Notre Dame, you know, like I tried, I really tried to put things in perspective, things of that nature. And, you know, every time I hear Mark Rick talk, it just kind of annoys me just a little bit. Because, you know, you had the caller, uh, you had the caller earlier that said he sounded a little bit defeated. And he always talks how the team has a lot of energy and the practices were good and this, that, and whatever. But when they – show up on the field, it's it's a different it's a different story. So do you think he's like uh trying to be positive and telling us one thing that's going on during practice and then when the team shows up on Saturday it's 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 the total opposite. Not really. No. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, because every time, you know, I hear him, oh, you know, the team had a lot of energy, we had a great practice, we had a great this, we had a great that and the team shows up a little flat a couple of three and outs on our first possession and you know like you know I just I just I just can't explain it you know and uh you know with our you know next four remaining games you know like I don't you know we're you know any one of those teams are capable of beating us you know for some strange reason yeah. Virginia, and, uh, Virginia, every all, all four of them can go either they can go either way I mean they can win all four or they can lose all four I mean it's yeah, crazy I mean, I mean, yeah, you don't know, you know what like, you get from one quarter to the next with this team. Seriously. Exactly. I keep, I keep waiting for that signature win, and it just can't happen. I'm seeing Syracuse and Penn State getting these signature wins, and I keep waiting on Miami, and it just, you know, it just happened. We were close with Florida State, but that was as close as we got. And let's be honest, would Florida State have been a signature win this year? I mean, they, they're they good, you know, but they have three it losses have been, now. It would have been a signature win in the sense of that we haven't beaten them in six years, and, and there are arch, you know, there are arch rivals, you know. In that sense, it would have been. It would have been a nice, it would have been a nice win. I don't know that I'd call it a signature win. Okay, right, I'll give you that, but, you know, like. It's not your typical Florida State team. Oh, man, it's brutal. Is brutal. I, I, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. Hopefully, we could salvage the season, end up with a pretty decent recruiting class, and you know, and get this ball rolling for next year. But I hope that Mark Rick isn't this stubborn dude like Al Golden was, that just sticks with a system he thinks is going to work, and he's not as versatile as some of the better coaches in college football that are not afraid to make a change, you know, in a heartbeat, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but you well, know, just keep me I on mean, hold. We'll see. We don't know yet. Yeah. I, you know, let's He's got talk. a lot of decisions to make, a lot of evaluation to do, and a lot of decisions to make. Yeah, I hear you, Gary. All right, Gary. Once again, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you.
You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. 646-595-2048. You hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. How you doing this week? Who's this? It's Everything 305 checking in with you once again and just enjoying your show as always. I wanted to talk about a few things that we discussed last week with regards to the adjustments that, you know, he was going to have to make, uh, that Coach Rick was going to have to rake in order to uh, in order to get to the strengths that, that Brad possesses and basically the, the, the little abilities that our offensive line does have, which you can disguise and master inefficiencies by, by going to a quick passing game and spread them out and from there doing the same thing we did the last two years, using that to, to create some running opportunities and every once in a while a nice little screen here and there and, I just I understand what he's trying to do, but you know at the end of the day, you know a coach is a teacher, and it's just like when you're teaching a class and for some reason they're not catching on a topic and and you've tried one way you can't you can't get them the majority of the kids to execute and do well and, and, and understand the material. You adjust with your, your teaching, you figure out a different way, maybe you're more visual, whatever. And coaching is the same way here. You, you've got to find ways to make adjustments to fit your kids. And obviously, he's uh, he's he's done it a few times, uh, but then after he gets some momentum and some some progress, he reverts back to the same old thing, same old thing of of going back to a power run game, which you're letting the defense know what you're going to do. There's no motion. There's no nothing. I mean, it's not complicated to to figure out what's coming, and, and I think he's he's doing a disservice to himself, but more so to the program because because we're so far behind recruiting-wise over the last five years, you cannot go ahead and lose two or three or four of these games. You've got to find a way to win, I think, all four games against, you know, mid, I mean, it's not high major talent. It's not a roster full of five and four stars. You've got to find a way to win and make the game easier for the number one decision-making you have on the field, and that's Brad. And, and the way to do that, is to is to work towards his strengths. His strengths, Gary, are always going to be the same thing. You know, you talked about Bar Milo. Why did Bar Milo look so good? Well, it was a quick passing game. You know, when he played in the uh, the Marine game, right. you saw we all saw that he he could not. What could he not do, Gary? He could not handle. Yep. There was a six two kid from San Diego. He could not handle that kid because he was quick. He was quicker than mm-hmm. him, and it wasn't it wasn't a, a quick passing game off his name. They ran. They ran a traditional offense, and that and that all well, And he was exposed. So yeah, but he's I having think, that problem. He's also having a toughness issue. You know, you, you got to be tough yeah. to play college football. No, I understand, but it's just a comparison that you when you change. We all have certain areas of strength. This has always been a finesse group for the last three years. It's the same guy starting. Danny's a heck of a kid. But we all know he's probably not going to make an NFL roster, and if he does. He's going to be way down the depth chart, and he's going to be a journeyman at best. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to figure out what works best. And sometimes you have to scrap a scheme or two. And, you know, Marv Levy, who's one of the best coaches ever in the history of football, figured out that he had to go to a K-gun. He had to go to to basically a two-minute offense all the time because that's what made everybody play better, especially his skilled guys. There's no difference here, Gary. You've got to go ahead and make it simpler condense things, and then put your best athletes out there. 
Um, we talk all the time about you, you get your best players out there. And there's nobody else. Taylor Gauthier is not going to – it's not a better offensive guard than McDermott. And that's sad to say, but that's the reality. So work towards their strengths and make things easier. And, and I, I, we haven't seen that yet. We did in the second half at times. But then, you know, as, as most teachers revert to, you go back to the, the best way that you know how to do things. And, and he did that time and time again, the third and fourth quarter, and, and broke momentum. So I'm, I'm hoping that, that we, see it, we see a change and he buys them to making it easier. I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it's just something that, that a lot of us are, are, are seeing. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I, I've run out of knowing what to think there. I, I really have. You know, well, I mean, it, you could it, have so many. Di- you could have listen. You could have so many different opinions and 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 not be wrong. And Gary, he's forgotten more than I'll ever know, or that, that all everyone who's called in tonight, he's forgotten more than we'll ever know about football, about coaching, about teaching. No, of no course. Question. But that doesn't but mean he has the right scheme for the personnel. You know, correct. it doesn't mean and, he's got the. You know what? And, and I hate to make this comparison, but you had a guy in Al Golden who, who did the same thing from day one. We're going to do it this way, and you've got to you got to change things based on what you got. Yeah, um, but it's hard to hey. do it in the middle of a season. You, you, I mean, what's he? What's you know? You can't. You can make adjustments, but it's very hard to just wholesale change Gary, things in the middle of a. season. Gary, the toughest lead that there is, the toughest level, the highest level of football. The Bills were one and five, and they turned that season around. It's possible. You just have to go ahead and think outside the box and condense things. And it's okay mm-hmm. if you run the same eight plays, but if you execute them, you got a shot. Um, talking about recruiting, if we can a little bit, uh, you, you mentioned you had a really good article on on, the, on Donaldson this week. Uh, have you mm-hmm. had a chance to talk to him? Uh, one-on-one at all in the last couple of weeks, and if so, what uh, what what type of uh, what type of feeling did you get from uh, from his uh, from his message that he was conveying to you? Yeah, we're talking to him constantly, and and I'm also talking to people who are familiar with what's going on there, and you know he's leading a lot of schools on, thinking that they have a shot. You know that's why I you know I don't feel it's a done deal. I, th- I think it's, it's important that Miami finish the season well. I mean, I, I think he's intending to go to Miami. I mean, they've got plans in place to, you know, for him to come in at midterm. Um, you know, that they've made it pretty clear to him that he's very much in their plans for next season, that he has a great opportunity at Miami. He's got every reason to come to Miami. Um, but, you know, let, let, let's be honest. I mean, things haven't been going great at Miami. And, and you're sitting there, and, and you're an offensive lineman, and, and you're watching all these guys struggle and, and things going as poorly as they're going. Um, you know, you have, you, 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 of course you're going to have some concerns. So, no, no question you know, no question. if I had to make and a bet right now, I would say he'd come to Miami, but he certainly hasn't closed the door on Florida or Florida State. But with those concerns that not only him, but every recruit that's out there from this from the Tri County area, you know, that's why it's it's even more important. It's so important for Mark to be able to adjust to what he has to get some wins. I mean, you don't I, win, it puts your recruiting so much further back than it already is. Now you got to potential. Keep, what it I makes love it a lot harder. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean you can't do well in recruiting. And Butch Davis would, would certainly write a book on this, but it makes it a lot tougher. 
the different it was a different recruiting game when Butch re, re, revamped this whole program, Gary. It wasn't I mean it wasn't to the extent that it is today where a kid just has to go on, on his phone and look at what the school looks like and go, Wow, that looks like a pretty good place. It's a different ball game. It's not the same as it was when it, when he was around. But one one thing that I am liking, I'm liking two guys that and you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, the kid from Georgia. Well, I think he's got a tremendous skill set. He's going to, you know, grow into his frame. The DJ Dallas kid, uh, I, I love what he's doing on on social media. I just, he is he's pretty. We need kids like that. Reminds me of Duke a little bit in the sense that hey, I'm going here and it's a done deal. You know, there's no place I'm going. It's done. And I love how he's trying to work, guys. And then the kid down here who's always wanted to be a cane, and surprisingly enough, because of size, didn't have an offer early on until after Oklahoma started courting him a little bit and, and Bandy. Those are two kids that they want to be canes regardless. But it, it's hard to find more than just two or three in a class. And that's why it's so critical that he find a way, that Mark find a, finds a way to, to win to win out and win a bowl game. Because you've got to show that you're about to take the next step. And if you don't show that message, period, nothing changes. It's the same old, same old. And you have to go to plan B, guys, then plan C, guys. And, you know, as much respect and much love and admiration we have for Hedger and James, I mean, I mean, no offense, his nephew has no business being here. He has no business being here. I mean, guys like that are not going to help you and, and help and contribute right away. The other kid that that you can look at an example that has come in and is contributing and is a great he's a great athlete uh, is the Homer kid. You know, a great athlete you got to find you got to find a way to get him on the field regardless if it's special teams, defense, or, or offense. You know, when well, someone asked did. about yeah. Robert Knowles, Robert Knowles has no business being on this uh, on this roster. He just doesn't. Kid works hard, but he's not at this level. At best, he's a Sun Belt player, mid-major, low mid-major player. At best, and we've got too many guys like this. Uh, I remember back on back in, in, in July, we talked about this on the message board. I told you, for them to be successful, they're going to have to get rid of eight to ten guys. So you got to free up those scholarships and get as many JUCO kids as you can in at mid-year and early enrollees that don't count against that number, and then get a bunch of freshmen. And once again. Go through that same process of playing young kids. You know? Yeah, totally it's, agree. It's a, it's a revolving it's a revolving cycle that the only way it can end, Gary, is you got to win these games. You've got to adjust what you're doing. The the most impressive job of any assistant coach in all college football. There's about three or four guys out there. Ned Orgeron's done one hell of a job picking up the pieces with Les. But I got to say the job Manny has done. Is just and, and Coach Cool and and Mike Rump, who's done a fantastic job of coaching those. Our corners have not played that physical and that hard in years. So we're seeing such a great collective effort from that coaching staff led by Manny. That you know, I'm afraid, Gary. I'm afraid we might not have Manny at the end of this year. It's well, possible. we'll see. You know, he's been coaching 18 years as a D coordinator, and he he hasn't gotten the head coaching job yet. So I, you know. I mean, there's been some chatter. I heard some chatter this week that Pete Garcia at FIU might be yes. somewhat interested in Manny Diaz. That's you know, that's that's a rumor I've heard. I heard that last week. I heard that last week as well. And, and it and it's a very but, it's a very valid rumor because they do want him. they do want him badly, and they're they're also looking at believe it or not, which 
shocks me. But then again, he was able to find what worked for Brad. Not that it was perfect, but Coach Coley is also another guy that FIU is looking at. So it's nice to see these you know, these South Floridian guys that have done a fantastic job going into the college, you know, the college system and yeah. getting jobs. It's great to see those guys. They've got some good careers going on, and they're just going to have better things going up for them. But Gary, I appreciate your time as always, and I'll be there Saturday, and uh, we'll be rooting these kids on, and hopefully we can come up with the win somehow. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Take care. All right, guys, so I'm walking around downtown Chicago this weekend, and the Canes fans were out in force and ran into a bunch of Canes Sport Live listeners and canesport.com subscribers, and the one constant that I can tell you is I saw a lot of real nice clean shaves. And the reason for that is because I've been telling you all season, and a lot of you guys have been listening about Harry's razors and what a great shaving experience that they provide for you. And, um, you know, so many Canes fans now have discovered what's so great about Harry's. And, you know, the, the big razor companies, they have that annoying habit of putting out new models and raising their already high prices. Well, unlike those guys, Harry's doesn't believe in upcharging, which is why they've made their razors even better. And they're keeping prices exactly the same. And the Canes fan is discovering, hey, Gary's onto something with this Harry's razor situation. And they have these five blade razors that now include softer flex hinges for a more comfortable glide, a trimmer blade for hard to reach places, a lubricating strip, and a textured handle for more control when it's wet. And um, you'll find that textured handle really comes in handy uh, when you're trying to reach those hard to reach places. And uh, you can get these Harry's razors that are engineered in Germany for just $2 per blade compared to the $4 or more that you pay at the drugstore. And by owning the factory in Germany where they make the blades, Harry's can produce these high-quality razors themselves, and they sell them to you online for half the price. And um, Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades that they'll send you their popular free trial set. And like I said, Canes fans all over America – have been taking advantage of this offer. They'll send you their popular free trial set, which comes with a razor, five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel for free when you sign up for a shave plan. All you're going to pay is shipping. Plus, there's a special offer this season for fans of the show. And if you go and you enter the code CANES at checkout and you get your free trial set, just paying for shipping, they will give you free post-shave bomb added to your order. It's a great deal, so go to harrys.com, you enter the code CANES at checkout to claim your free trial set and your post-shave bomb. That's harrys.com, code name CANES, get in on the shaving craze that has captivated the CANES fans who listen to the show and have taken advantage of it so far this season. That's Harry's, sponsor all year of Canes Sport Live. And we thank them. All right, getting back to the show, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Lots of great calls tonight. Um, we're having a, a, a really nice show here. And let's continue on. You, you, the number, as I said, 646-595-2048. Remember, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 404, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Garrett, how you doing, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. What's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, quick question. Um, just recruiting standpoint. Anything? Have you heard anything on the two guys? I mean, the, the two uh, guards from uh, Heritage. Yeah, we just had a story on on Slayton the other day where he was saying he's looking for the team to play a little bit better if, if he's going to seriously consider coming to Miami. Um, so, so that's one. You know, the other one's probably in the same boat. You know, they're they're being recruited very hard right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're, they're kind of just they're kind of just watching things. Do Do you think? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, it's gonna be another year, but Lawrence Cager. I think he would have helped out a lot, you know, having a guy that's six four, yes. six five. You know, no doubt about it. Yeah, that was a bigger Everybody. injury than people. Yeah. Than you know, than than people really understood at the time. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I mean, you got a lot of guys five. What's Stacy called? Like six one, and 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 you got guys in the slot like five nine. So I, I think that Cajun injury really impacted the team. Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't used Daryl Langham at all this year. He's a real big body. Yeah, but yeah, I guess they just yeah, don't feel I, comfortable putting him out there yet. Yeah, what's the deal with uh, Jamal Carter, man? He he's not progressed. Um, it's, it's almost when you look when you watch him play. Let's I don't know if a guy picks up ten, fifteen yards, he'll celebrate more of a big hit than than, than anything. I mean, yeah, I've been disappointed he, in him this year. I I don't disagree with time. you. I. I I, I just think the, you know the whole thing with all the with all the penalties and everything else has been very disappointing. Yeah, you know and, he, he and, wants to do well, but it, it, it's I, I I don't know. I, I've been a little yeah, I think that's, here. I, I think I he could have had a better season than he's having now. He hasn't been terrible, obviously, but yeah. you know all those penalties he was getting and and the whole all the theatrics and all that. I just you know, I don't know. I think you know if, you, if you're going to put on a show out there like that, I, I think you got to be a great player first. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Um, and uh, last question, and uh, I know you got other callers. Um, um, the guys that we have right now that's starting on that old line. Um, do you see Rick um, letting a lot of these, letting some of these well letting a, a couple couple of these guys go and transfer to other schools? Or do you see him keep it? I'm not, Gary, but I mean, those guys are terrible, I know, but I'm saying, but from a depth perspective, I mean, does Miami have all four 85 scholarships, I think it is? Do they have all the scholarships? Uh, Yeah, yeah, they're back to 85. So, but, you know, yeah, they, they need to free up as many spots as they can. Man, they need to free up. Listen, I don't even know. Whoever bring back on that offensive line, um, we, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, do you think uh, Odago is better at right tackle, or, or would you have my guard? I mean, I think he's it, average no matter where he plays. <laughs> the whole the whole line, I got you. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't think you know, I don't think it really matters. I got you. Okay. Well, man, I hope they can pull out the last four and I uh, get to a bowl and win a bowl game and, and just keep keep the guys we have currently. So, great job, Gary. Just keep me on hold, man. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 914 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? This is Mike from New York. Hey, what's up, Mike? 
How you doing? Uh, I'm a first-time caller. All right. Finally. Uh, I like I like first-time callers, man. You know, it's good to get some different voices on the show. It's good. It's it's all, we like we like our regular callers too, but it's it's good to get some different opinions. Yeah, definitely. And this is good from especially in New York. You don't hear much about Miami. You hear about mostly major league sports, so it's a great thing to have to listen to this. I got a couple things. I don't know about on your site because I don't have a subscription to your site. I'm on another site. And the board is just so negative right now to the point where it's even hard to even get on the board. Do you guys have that there too? I, of course. I mean, you lose four straight games. I mean, you know, it's hard for people to be positive. But no, I, our not. board's been pretty good. I think our board's been pretty good, to be honest with you. I mean, some people are, you know, I mean, listen, people are giving honest opinions, and right now they're not all positive. And, you know, but I think it's been pretty constructive. We haven't had to ban anybody this year. Uh, you know, every everybody's you know given their opinions in a, in a productive, respectful way, and and uh, you know I don't have any problem with it. I think that you know that's what a board's for. <laughs> you know, you watch your team play, you react to it, you give your opinions, you debate it, you you, you kick it back and forth, and then that's a, that's a board. So no, well, I I, I think pro- our board I think our board's been fine. My only problem is I need so you need to you need to come on over is what you need to do. I don't know what you'd be doing on any other site, to be honest with you. But anyway, so what else you got? Uh, people just need to give Rick some time just to get his players in because for somehow, some way, for like the last five years, we've been young. So we gotta he has to get his players in, let him get the keeper fit his offense and the defense he wants to run. Too many people are talking about let's fire this coach and let's fire this guy. These are none of his players. A lot of his, a lot of his players are young. They just got to understand it's going to take a lot of time to get these guys right. And it's going to take – you've been saying it for a while. It's going to take a good two years, three years before Miami starts competing like everybody wants it to. People just got to, you know, pump the brakes. We're in a rough patch right now. But they got to pump the brakes and listen, we're going to – Rick is a known good coach. He's going to get everything right. You give him time. Let him fix everything. You know – our open line sucks. We understand that. You know, our defense is playing amazing. That's something that everybody should be talking more about. You know, they're on the field way too much, but they play amazing. But that's one of my my, one of my biggest problems. Listening, I hear it sometimes on your on your show, but it's that's one of my biggest problems here in the fans. This is like the negativity. It's like, all right, I mean, this is first year. This is nice players. This is out golden players. Let let them circle out, and then let's see what you can do in two years, three years from now. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it might. It's going to probably take two or three years, realistically. Um, you know, I mean, there's a chance they could be better next year. This roster needs a major overhaul. <laughs> it just does, and you can't do it all in one year usually. Um, I just have a quick question for you. Is there any under the radar prospect that we should be looking at? No, I mean, I think they've got a, you know, I I think they've got a few under the radar prospects already. I think I think you know they need to get in on some big time guys, guys that can come in and and make an immediate impact. And you know, there there's guys throughout South Florida that a lot of schools are recruiting that are project type players that Miami's not looking at because you know they can't deal with projects right now. They got to bring in guys in this recruiting class that can play and, and that you know they know. Are top shelf, you know, athletes, guys that belong 
at Miami, and they don't have time to to deal with projects, and I don't think they have too many projects that are on the commitment list right now. I agree with you there. There's some of the guys I see, like DJ Dallas, and, you know, that even that open tackle they have that played with DJ Dallas, he looks, he looks pretty good. Yeah. You know, now, could it be better? Of course it could be better. Uh, I mean, right now they have four four-star players on the list. Yeah, but stars, like you said, stars are just depending on where the guy plays yeah, and what the competition like. Yeah, I agree. You could develop three stars and 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 develop them into be four stars. No argument at all. You know, on that front. But you know, you'd like to see a few more on there. Let's be honest. Yeah, definitely. But you know, that comes with winning. You know, it, it took you know it took out Nick Saban more than one year to fix everything over there in Alabama. But now look how he has it running. And I'm not saying Mark Rick Nick, you know, Nick Saban, but oh, yeah, once he can't starts really getting his players in, certainly can't compare to Alabama right now. No, we're nowhere close to them. But you know, we don't. We're not going to have their type of recruitment list or their type of commitment list because they got people that want to go play there. They got the pick of the litter. And like we're. We're picking people that we're trying to convince people to come play for us. You know, so, but we, he's doing a good job. Like you got people from DJ, you got DJ Johnson from California. He looks like a he looks unbelievable. You know, you got get. But let me give you got to focus. Let me give you an example. What? Florida State right now has nine four star players on their commit list, and they've only got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen kids committed. Nine of them are four stars. That's the team you have to beat to accomplish anything. They've had one of the top recruiting classes now um, for years, okay? And, 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 you know, you're spotting them players. I mean, you're spotting them quality, quality guys every year in recruiting. And, and you know, th- that's what I'm talking about. You've got four four-stars. They have nine. Now, I agree you can develop three-star players, but, you know, that's a lot of guys that have been identified as pretty elite athletes, that are going to your arch rival, a team you must beat to accomplish anything. Because if you don't beat Florida State, you know, you're you're spotting the coastal a game. I mean, I, you know, unless all those teams are playing Florida State, which they don't, you know, they play them once, once every six years. Oh, I got one more. I got one question for you. Um, Josh Joby, I, heard, I know he's a 2018 commit, but I heard that he maybe could go decommitting and go to Alabama. We're switching to Alabama? I mean, way too early to worry about that one. But is Alabama going to recruit the daylights out of him? Yeah, he looks like he's going to be an elite player. That, yeah, that, that's one of the scary things because I see some video of him, and that guy's long and fast. So yeah, he looks like he look he looks like Sean Taylor to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's how he prays right there. Told by Sean Taylor. Yeah, he he looks like Sean Taylor coming out of high school to me physically, and he's still got a couple couple years to go. I mean, yeah, he's still got one more year. Yeah, they told him he may go to a prep school. Yep. Oh, and one more question: uh, Is it better to put kids have recruits come in during the season, or more like in January, December? Well. I mean, you, you want to get as many of these guys in, in in January as you can. I mean, they, they, they can participate in the spring practice. No, I'm not talking about uh, rec- I'm talking about actual coming to recruiting visits. Like, uh, we got that kid, Josh. Ho- we got oh, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. 
I mean, okay. I just hope the fans turn out on Saturday. They, you got those guys. You got five guys coming in on official visits this weekend. Uh, you know, I hope the fans don't stay home and and you know we get back to that type of attendance <laughs> where you know you're well, looking in the stadium half empty. Well, they've been doing good. This is, is going to be a tough opponent Saturday with Pittsburgh. Yeah, they it's going to be a good game. I mean, power. people have no reason to stay home. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, we got it's going to be strength versus strength. It's going to be our defense versus their power offense. So it's going to, all offense got to do is just score some points like they did against Notre Dame. I think we win that game, but it's going to be just our, you got to keep our defense off the field. That's been the biggest problem in this four game losing streak. Is our defense is on the field way too much, and they're too young and inexperienced, and they get beat up and tired. You know, Mark Rick, you know, he makes a couple of bad calls here and there, but oh, Brad Kai misses some passes, and our off the line completely sucks. Anybody that knows football, you can't do nothing if the off the line is completely horrible. You know, so. But that's everything, Gary. Thank you so much. All right, man. All right, man. You got it. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the 484. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? <clears throat> doing great. Who's this? Hey, it's Philly. How you doing this week? Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, heck of playing. Hey, I got a bit on the board telling everybody, I think we just got to just give Mark Rich some time to get his players in. <clears throat> you know what I mean? You look at, like, you know, guys we have on the offensive line, a lot of them guys haven't. Like they should have redshirted, like like um, St. Louis. St. Louis is a sophomore; he should be a redshirt freshman. McDermott is a, um, a junior, a true junior. He should be a redshirt sophomore. So I mean, and it's like you, and, and I'm not, everybody keeps saying, "Well, Rick should Rick should adjust. Why should he adjust to these guys who've been losing for the past three years?" I mean, to me, Kai is the same quarterback he was as a freshman. You know, he's still um, throwing the ball late, holding the ball too long, not moving in the pocket. His pocket presence is still not there. And, I mean, and please, can the man just learn how to pull the ball on the run at, the run pass option? I mean, he can, he can pull the ball and throw a pass behind the um, the linebackers every now and then instead of handing off to Walton after the defense then got in the backfield, you know. But I just think, you know, it all comes down to recruiting. And I think, like, everybody keeps saying, well, you got to win. Well, a few years ago we saw Al Golden and the team win, like, nine games. And we still lost recruits. We still didn't bring all these recruits. Everybody, somebody's going to get. So I mean, yeah, winning does help. But this is year one. This is not like year three or four, like say Bush Jones at Tennessee, who's you know under a lot of fire right now. This is this is year one for for uh, Mark Rick. He's um, he's basically putting in his culture. He's uh, introducing a different scheme to the players, different blocking scheme. It's more of a man instead of a zone blocking scheme that they're doing now. So they got to man up. You know, they got to play. You can't sit. Mm-hmm. You can't sit there and say, "Well, I'm gonna adjust to you know, I'm, I'm well, McDermott. You're getting blown up. I'm gonna adjust. I mean, I gotta see what McDermott can do. So after this year, is he a guy I can count on next year, or I gotta replace him with somebody? But I won't know that unless the ball starts flying, you know. So I mean, I think you know, like we so said, we have, and then um, <clears throat> I'm gonna put on get that. Like even if you know, you would say they gotta win. Um, you were saying that you know the team has to win, or a lot of people saying that team has to win. But if you look at it, there's been teams who have lost, um, who have finished like like five and five and seven, six and six, who have pulled in top recruiting classes. And I think that's important for Mark Ritt is that regardless of what, he's still got to bring a top recruiting class. You know, back in 2002, Pete Carroll at USC, his first year, he went six and six, but still landed the top of the recruiting class. Butch Jones, his first year, 2013, his Tennessee went five and seven. He pulled the number five recruiting class in the in the um, country. 
You know, so I think, you know, at the end of the day, Mark's responsibility is to find out, okay, who can I roll with? Who on this team that I can roll with? Change the culture, you know, implement what I know, what I know with, with wins, because he knows what wins. He won the SEC. So he knows what, what, what works. It's not, you know, um, you know, everybody's saying well, he's being stubborn. He's going to Al Golden. No. Al Golden's problem was not, not that he um, was stubborn with his scheme, is that Al Golden couldn't land the players to, to work the scheme he wanted to work. And then the guys he was getting, you know, he got his recruits. He wasn't changing the scheme to them. That was his stubbornness. You know, this is Mark Riss' first year. These are not his guys. You know, he didn't recruit not when well, he's not recruit ninety percent of this team. So he got to find out what these guys can do and who he needs to go get to replace them. He even said it: if you're a great player and you want to play, come to Miami. You know, because these guys ain't getting it done. He said the receivers. Receivers aren't fast. Our best receiver. It's probably a freshman. Once again, Amon Richards. You know, it's not they see Coley. It's Amon Richards. You know, that, that that tells you something right there. Our backs are average. Walton and Yerby are average. They they don't have top-end speed. Walton has trouble seeing holes. He, he lacks the agility that Yerby has. Yerby doesn't have the, the, the speed that Walton has, but neither one of them has top-end speed. Neither one of them break tackles. They'll tell their life. You know, so, I mean, I think we have to realize. Well, Yerby breaks tackles. Not when? All the time. When do you see that? When do you see that? All the time. Because, I mean, he's great. And he's great in terms of in the boxes. He has quick feet and agility. But I don't see him, like, breaking the arm tackle. I think I see both of them going down the arm tackles all the time. You know, we don't have a we, – we don't we, – we missed out on the Jordan Conkright, the 215-pound running back. We missed out on the Tony Michelle. Jordan Conkright's a third we, down we, we back at large. He's missed, not we, a great we, player. We you missed out on – You didn't miss out on anything there. We missed out on Jordan Scarlett. We missed out on these guys who are the bigger backs. That's what I'm talking about, the bigger backs who can pick up that third and one, that third and two, that could break the tackles. We don't have that. You know, we miss, we miss that. You know, our 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 depth. Our depth. The, your opinion is is fine, but I don't agree with you. I don't think that's the problem. You, you know, you've got Gus Edwards. If you want a bigger back, I mean, the problem is the offensive line. It doesn't matter who is the running back. They, they you got guys getting blown up four yards in the backfield be, before they could take a step. So you know, I don't know. Okay, but the thing about it, though, yeah, that's true. But what about when they do get blocked? And what about the, there's lanes there, is lanes there. You've seen them. It's not every play, every 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 play is not getting blown up. You know, no, we can go back right. and, and watch the tape. Every play is not right. in the backfield. There's times you know, that they've missed the lanes. times but... where exactly, like matter, like matter of fact, the, the third and one call, the third and one call where Walton could have uh, where he I was a Yearby. Uh, one of them ran up the back of the lineman instead of you know. The lane was right there to the left, but we couldn't. He couldn't push the pile for one single yard, or even like you know, have enough power to bounce it out to the left to pick up that first down. All right, but, what you else? Know, you my, got my main, but but, but I'm gonna say, I just say my main point is that he's got to relax. You know, give Mark Ritt time. This is year one. Saw his own culture. He just saw his own philosophy. You know, he got he got to see who he can roll with, who he can't roll with. And then go out there and recruit. The key thing right now is recruiting. See who he can land, no who, he, who he can bring in. That's the key thing no this doubt. year. And, and part of recruiting yeah. is this weekend getting the fans yeah. to the stadium and the team playing better. Yeah. And just, uh, just my last point, and I'll let you go. Uh, keep me off on hold. Um, if you look at look at Nebraska this year, last year, last year Nebraska was like what five and seven, 
are 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 six and six. Look at look what they're doing now. Look at Washington with Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson, Washington. The first year he was there, they won eight. They won seven and six, eight and six. His next year, they won seven and six. Now they're undefeated. You know why is that? Because both of them knew what made them successful. Both of them knew what worked, and now they finally implemented. They got their guys to implement their schemes. Chris Peterson has his quarterback. He has some of his recruits in there, and his culture is being his culture is installed. Same thing with Mike Riley at Nebraska. It takes time. Nick Saban's first year at, at Alabama, they won six and six. You know, they lost to Louisiana Monroe. Nick Saban's a great coach. Why did that happen? You know, it took time for him to instill his culture, instill his defense, instill his players. And next year, they they went twelve and two. You know, just like just like you made a point. The first year, Mark Rick went eight and three or eight and five. His first year, next year, went twelve and two. You know, I think everybody's panicking this year, but this year is all about learning the players, installation, and recruiting. Like, so just give it a minute and just keep me on hold, Gary, and you have a great one. You, you got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the two six seven. You're on Keen Sport Live. Are you with us? I've heard you breathe, but you're not talking. All right, you're gonna have to call back. Uh, let's go to the three two one. You're on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Is this me? Yeah, that's you. Hey, what's up, man? This is Al from Orlando. Who's this? Um, hey, what's up? I just I just wanted to uh, talk about the offensive line, not to beat a dead horse or anything, but um, you mentioned earlier, you know, guys like Linder and McDermott and Isadora. You know, last year they weren't that bad. They, you know, they weren't, like you said, getting pushed around like they are this year. Um, I don't necessarily feel this way, but at what point does that come back on Coach Searles? Can you talk about that for a second? Um, You know, I think right now it's not coming back on Coach Searles, you know, because they've got, they have an offense they put in. It's different than the offense they put in last year. And, the guys are not executing what they've been taught to do on, on all of these plays. And I'm not ready to blame coach Searles for that just yet. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think that would be very fair. Okay. Fair enough. I was just, I was just wondering what you thought about that. Um, uh, Moving on, you know, it's like you said too. I mean, Everyone, you know, you hear it and read it all the time. People are talking about, you know, Ed Reed was a two-star player and all this stuff. I mean, you know, at some point you got to get game breakers. And, I mean, I guarantee you with the technology and all the resources put into to scouting now, there's no way Ed Reed would have been a two-star player. You just don't really see guys like that pop up anymore. Like, we need to start getting guys who are five-star players, high four-star players, and developing them, you know, the Julio Jones type player, the AJ greens, which Mark Rick got at Georgia. We need to start landing those guys. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I hope, I, hope yeah, I, I, agree. I don't look at Florida state with nine, four stars and, and still, you know, a, a, a several, obviously more scholarships to give and Miami sitting there with four. And, and I, you know, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, that's okay. I, I agree with you. I think, I think they've got to find a way to get some guys here. You know, yeah, down the stretch. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, you know, we'll see. Hopefully we do, um, you know, do well this weekend and finish out strong. I really think if we can, you know, get to a bowl game and win a bowl game for the first time since the that bowl game in Idaho with, with Coker, I think was the last one we won. You know, I think, you know, at least at least the kids would have something to hang their hat on. And I'll, uh, 
I'll, I'll let you go, and I'll listen to what you have to say. I'll totally agree with you on that front. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 404. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up? It's Uki, yo, hey. Hey, what's up, Uki? You told us what's you were going to call man? in. Yeah, man, I've been waiting for a minute. But, uh, you know, like, I've listened to what everybody had to say tonight, man. You know, everybody has some good points. But one thing I want to point out, and, you know, we, we could talk about recruiting, but we also talk about attitude and the type of player, you know, you, that you want to recruit to change the program. A lot of people, like the, the Slotin article, a lot of people are getting angry about, you know what I'm saying, well, they're saying that this kid is uh, choosing – saying Miami's got to win in order for him to take them serious, but then he's choosing Tennessee and he's choosing Ole Miss or whoever else that he's choosing that may not have a better record or have just as many losses as Miami. But people have to understand about the culture and, about, and these kids' egos these days. This is not 1985. You're not going to find too many uh, out, uh, high smiths who have that type of pride. These kids want their egos stroked. They want to be shown love, however you want to put it. So Miami is doesn't have the campus is beautiful and everything like that, but Miami doesn't have that type of vibe of some of these small colleges where they are these kids are freaking rock stars. So yeah, you you can they can they may yeah, Tennessee may be losing and, and, and may not be as good as Miami right now, maybe on the same level as Miami somewhere. But when they go there they're treated like gods. You know what I'm saying? They're treated like football guys. And those kids, they want to continue that type of love that they're getting now from high school on to college. When they come to Miami, it's not that type of love. It's just like we're sitting here hoping that we get a nice turned out for the Pittsburgh game. I guarantee you the last four or five years, you can go back. Miami's probably only sold out the Florida State game. and Everything else has been a disaster after that. This is not Tennessee, this is not Tuscaloosa, this is not any of those small-town colleges. So, yes, Miami's going to have to pick it up and start stroking some egos. You can't have that, like, I think everything 305 was saying something about how Mike, um, Mike Rump is having his attitude, either you're a cane or you're not a cane. You can't do that anymore, man. If these kids want to be stroked, these kids want to be shown that they love, you got to do it. You gotta make and you gotta make concessions for these kids. That's the only way you're gonna get that top talent in. This is not the eighties anymore. Social media and these ESPN shows, recruiting shows got these kids' heads filled up. And Miami seems like every staff that comes in here is lax when it comes to recruiting. I don't know what how the staff is right now in the in the field right now with recruiting. But I feel like you can't be lax. When I hear stuff like Al Blake's junior son talking about that he hasn't hear, heard much from Miami, but he hears fucking every day from Ohio State and Alabama, like Miami has time to, to, to lax on certain players. Hell no. We need to be on these kids' asses every single day, regardless whether it's through Twitter, text message, whatever. I don't know if, if any of the the uh, you know, from probation had anything to do with the communication with some of these kids. But at this point, we need to be going in more than anybody right now because we desperately need playmakers. We desperately need playmakers at every position. And Miami has to evolve with the times. Like, you know what I'm saying? Miami, his name alone cannot sell his name anymore. It hasn't done anything in 12 or 15 years. 
So now Miami has to get back out there and establish itself as a power. But you can't do that with just saying, well, a kid may say, well, I want to play corner, but you want him at receiver. You, or whatever it may be, vice versa. You know, if you feel like the kid is talented enough, programs may feel like he's talented enough. At least, at least let him try to come in and try to see, show if he can play corner or play receiver or whatever it is that he may do. And if it doesn't work out, then you switch him. You know what I'm saying? All this, well, if you're not going to play what we want to play, then we're not going to give you the scholarship. Obviously, another program will give him a shot. And then we'll be watching that kid make plays for them, and we'll be wondering why we miss players like that all the time. All right. What else but, you got? You know, like, I mean, like, Forrest, okay, year one, Rick, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we we can win, get on the winning streak going forward, and turn this thing around. But, you know, I understand, like, people want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And one, the only thing that concerns me about him right now is that – I understand people saying that you got to get you got to get the, your players in and stuff like that. You got to get your you know certain players in and whatever. But what if we go into the new year next year and it's still more more the same? You know what I mean? What if it's more? Yeah, the I same? mean, what listen, if, I, he hasn't been a coordinator in several years. I think he put an offense together. And, that, and, and Gary, that's another problem right there too. So you're gonna waste two years of figuring out if you still got it to call plays. Yeah, let's hope he, and, and, you don't waste and, two years. And, I mean, he, he's going to have to make a decision. Uki, he's got to make a decision after this year. He's either going to continue to be the offensive coordinator or he's got to go get one. Um, but he's got a lot of tough calls he's got to make here going forward. Exactly, and then, and then and you see all these other coaches who are evolving with offenses who still who, – who guys who believe in running the football, Nick Saban. You see other coaches at that at the same time, but you have to evolve, man. Like I'm telling you, like these kids have a different type of mindset. They 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 it's, it's totally different. It's a totally different. You look at Harbaugh, and then people can say whatever they want to say about him. They can call him a jackass, an asshole, or whatever. But he's doing whatever he's got to do to sell that program. Whether it's taking his shirt off and throwing the ball, playing seven oh seven with some of the recruits having the who's who in the rap game come show up to uh, practice and whatever he's trying to do. He's doing whatever he has to do to build that program. Kind of reminds me of Pete Carroll when he took over USC. You know, he's bringing a, t- a, t- a different type of energy, and he's trying to relate to the kids. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. People want to have this mindset where you got to be tough and you got to be my way to highway. You got These kids want to have fun and win games at the same time. So you got to try to make it seem like, hey, look, we're going to kick ass and we're going to party and have a good time at the same time. Miami's too image conscious right now, I think, because of all the NCAA stuff. But let's just face it, a lot of programs are coming off probation. Ohio State's been through it. Other programs, too, but they're moving on, and they're doing what they got to do to win. And Miami's got to be the, got to do the same. But thanks for taking my call. Keep me on hold, Gary. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show again. Let's go to the 662. You're live on King Sport Live. Six six two. Are you with us? All right, you're gonna have to call back. Let's go to the. Um, let's see. Let's go to the, to the seven seven zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, how you doing? This? Doing great. Who's this? This is uh, TC calling from uh, Atlanta. Gary, what's I just up, TC? 
I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. The wifey, she's downstairs tonight, so she won't be able to chime in. <laughs> she's letting you listen to the show, huh? Yeah, she let me listen by myself tonight. But I just want to make a, a few points, Gary. I think it's very critical um, of our safety play. I think you mentioned this earlier about the play of Jamal Carter and Rashawn Jenkins. Jamal Carter, to me, Gary, in my opinion, he's caused us to lose maybe a couple games this year. Personal foul uh, penalties that he's caused us to get, those can be game changers in field position. At that extra 15 yards, that can make a huge difference when teams are trying to establish momentum or build momentum. This past week, Jamal Carter, the only thing that he had to do was try to fall on that ball and not pick it up. To me, it looked like he tried to pick that fumble up, you know, when that tight end fumble had to go line. And the only thing that he had to do, Gary, is make the simple play, fall on the ball. And we possibly could have gone into overtime. And there's no telling what would have happened if we would have gone into overtime with Notre Dame. But me, I hope Jamal Carter is listening tonight. He's a senior. He just needs to play better. Sean Jenkins, the same thing. He got a 15-yard penalty in that game last last week as well. Those guys, we can't we we can't have that. That could actually, you know what? To me, in my opinion, Gary, that could actually make us like what? Our record is four and four now. We could easily be what six and two. Seven and one, with the only loss in Virginia Tech. We got a penalty in that Florida State game too. That personal foul penalty where he got ejected from that uh, targeting. And then let's see what he did last week. Last week was Virginia Tech. He got a penalty from hitting the quarterback out of bounds for another 15 yards. This dude has to play better. He's a senior. He should know better. Is uh, is Jaquan, what's his name, Jaquan Johnson, is he injured or banged up, banged up at this time, Gary? I think he was last week because the, he he didn't play very much. Okay. So I, I would hope that this coming weekend that he's, you know, feeling a little bit better so that way he can get more playing time. But Carter, man, oh, sometimes I'm looking at him play and I'm like, Man, come on, Carter, you're a senior, dude. You got to play better than that. There's times, Gary, when I can remember Ed Reed playing against Nebraska in the championship game, whereas if Ed Reed does not make a tackle on Eric Crouch, Nebraska scores a touchdown. Ed Reed makes that tackle because to me it seemed like he know I got to make this tackle. Otherwise, it's sick. Why can't? These guys like Jenkins and Carter have the same mindset. It doesn't take a genius. Just make the simple plays. And you could be on ESPN all day long. Yeah. Just a simple place. Yep, no argument. Yeah, it's just crazy to me. I don't know what these guys are thinking of. Sometimes the simplest plays, if you want to highlight real, just do the simple things. The simple things, that's all. And then, too, last week, Gary, I noticed one of the callers called in and say, 
I know we haven't done like any trick plays all year, but then last week was the first time I saw us do a reverse, and I thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> is somebody listening to us? I mean, is somebody on the sidelines who's <laughs> listening in you know, on your call as well? It's just, I mean, they, these are just not difficult things that we can do to try to, you know, improve our team. Well, you know, I don't know that they're listening to the show. I just think that when you're talking about things that are common sense, eventually <laughs> you're going to be right because, you know, I mean, it was kind of obvious that they needed to jazz up things a little bit, and they, they did. He tried a lot of different things last week. But, again, if you can't run the football, you're behind the eight ball. I don't care how many reverses you run. You've got to be able to run a running play. You have to. I mean, yeah, they run running much. plays right now. They're wasted downs. I mean, it's a joke. I've never, I, I've it never is. seen it this bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wasted down. It really is. And last week they made that kid from a Notre Dame Jones. I mean, his stock just blew oh out. God. I mean, blew to the roof. That dude might end up going first round now, just from that one game. <laughs> <laughs> and and well, Nick I Linder, know. I mean, his brother is what center for the Jaguars. Yeah. You would think he would call in and speak with his brother and say, hey, hey, bro, you know, give me some tips. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Help me prove my football skills because I'm sure his brother, his brother probably seen the games like, oh, come on, Nick. You can't do that. He is not looking real good. I mean, that dude just drove Nick Linda like five yards in the backfield and then made the tackle. Yep. And I said to myself, All right, you got anything you else for us tonight? No, I'm, I'm not going to hold you. I know there's other callers trying to call in, so I won't, you know, chew up all their time. But, Gary, it's always nice chatting with you. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We've got about 30 minutes left here. Um, so we're going to march on forward, and let's go to the 951. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going well, once, twice, you'll have to call back. Uh, let's go to the 251. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Who's this? Hey, this is Brian. I'm calling from Mobile. I'm a first-time caller. I'm actually on the All road. Right, another one. Trucks. Yeah, I, I drive time- trucks, so yo, yo, yo show get me through every um, Tuesday night until I get back home. So. Oh, but, glad to hear um, that. Finally calling it. Yeah, I'm 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 listening to a lot of people talk, Gary, and it's not funny, but it it, it puzzles me. One thing I think a lot of people got to understand is this here, man. We hired Mark Rick. This guy's been in the SEC for over 12 years. Okay, another thing that we have to think about: if anybody thinks that this team is going to look any way like it looked, it's going to be the same next year. You're delusional. You're crazy. Because just like you said, Mark Rick is going to evaluate everything that took place this year, and he's going to fix it. And the thing of it is, I have to be like the biggest Hurricane fan in Mobile. Everybody on my block is either Alabama or Auburn. So I get a mouthful every weekend. And I think the biggest thing that we have to understand and I think we have to get past we gotta get we gotta get away from the past. This culture at Miami has to be fixed. 
I think a lot of fans, we look at recruiting and we look at some of these guys on this field and we think, okay, this player ought to be playing like Andre Johnson. Oh, he ought to be playing like Willis McGahee or Ed Reed. That's over with. That's gone. That That's not coming back. I'm not saying we can't get back to winning championships, but those guys are gone. We have to get guys in this program now that's going to come in here, they're going to work hard, they're going to play. You can build that. You can build that standard back up, but it's got to be done in a different way. You never get nothing done thinking about your past, and I think that was one of the culture moves that um, Nick Saban made at Alabama. You know, even even though his first year he went 6-6, six and six, but he had to get those guys to understand, you know, don't tell me nothing about the past. This is how we're going to do it now. So I think that's one of the things that – that we have to really think about going forward with Mark Rick. Come on, man. Everybody, oh, he, you, this team, this team that we have now, we can't blame this on none of the coaches that we have on this staff now because they are just they are just not figuring out what these kids can really do. So now this is the time where you're going to say, hey, let me push these guys, let me see what I can get out of them, and let's just hope we can win the rest of these games and try to get to a bowl, but – I mean, blaming these coaches, we, we can't do that. We, we cannot blame these coaches because you got to look at where we were to where we are now. I, I go back. I think when Miami lost against LSU, we lost, I think it was the Peach Bowl, we lost, what, 40 to 3. When, when Coker got fired, they should have never hired Randy Shannon. I didn't like that hire because why? You needed to bring somebody in here that was going to uplift this culture this culture, but get it back to winning. When you hire Randy Shannon, you blew, what, three years? Then you come in and bring Al Golden in here, which you should have never hired Al Golden. So that blew, that blew, that messed it all up for, what, another five years. So when you think yep. about the culture of where Miami is right now, we have to work on this culture. We have got to get players in here that want to play. we got to get players in here that's going to understand that hard work pays off. You don't. I mean, I, I I looked at an interview. I think it was with with Coach Brown. He was talking about how these guys. It's almost like these guys are scared to be vocal, and and challenge each other. And and it and it's and it's sad because everybody should want to win, but it's like these guys are. Huh, okay, we just play today. If we lose, okay. And that's been the culture for the last few years. It has not been a winning attitude. Everybody has been okay. Well, okay, if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. So I think that's one of the things that we have to look at now. We have got to change the culture as far as recruiting goes. I heard a guy say a little while ago talking about the, the offensive linemen. I'm like this here. Gary, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I know we got to get offensive linemen. We, we need all kinds of players. But these prima donna players, man, we can't waste our time on them. If I mean, okay, I'm gonna come if they start, you know, playing. And I and I know they're 18 years old, so they're gonna do stuff like that. But when you think about the other teams, you talk about Tennessee and Mississippi State. Both of those teams may not even have the same coaching staff next year. So they're yep. kids. They're gonna they're gonna say things like that. But I they're do kids. think that it is, yeah. And I do think it is quality recruits out there. But we just need to get our hands on them. I'm I'm a Kane fan. That's gonna be real. I know it's going to change. I know it's going to take time for it to get better. I know Coach Rick and the staff is going to do an excellent job, but it's going to take time. Everybody has to understand it's going to take time. And I, I, I'm i just praying and hoping that we win this week. 
so it won't be such of a hard deal to <laughs> you try to get a lot of the rest of us out here. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this is tor- this is torture. Yeah, but <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but I mean, I I drove four hours on Saturday to go to that game. I drove two hours there and two hours back. I mean. You know, it, and I wasn't the only one. There were about another five thousand of you guys that did the same thing. And I mean, this this is torture. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say one more thing. And I thought about this the other. I, I thought about this watching Notre Dame game, but I also heard another guy said when he was talking about a player for Tennessee today. He said, "You have certain types of recruits." He said, "You have certain type of players." He said you have SEC players, you have ACC players, you have Big Ten, and then you have the Sun Belt. Right now, this team, this is a Sun Belt. You look at where Al Golden came from at Temple, he was just hoping to get by. So his level of recruiting was very low. So when he walked into Miami, he I don't really think Al Golden knew what he was walking into when he walked into Miami. So that's why I know that culture, he never – I don't think he recruited to the level to say, hey, we got to get players that are going to win championships. His level was that, hey, let's just get players that's going to – if we can get by 10 and 2 and get a nice bowl, that's fine because at that time, that's where the culture was. Everybody – the administrator, everybody was fine with that because we bringing in a coach that's, that's going to help our program. He's not going to do this. But now that we have people – that are more behind the football team, I think it's going to get better. I just think everybody just needs to get behind and push with this team and, and stop looking to blame these coaches because you're only going to get what you can out of these kids. I'm sorry. I mean, that's just what it is. So if we can win four, win the last four, hey, let's win them. If we can win three of the last four, let's win them. But we need to win two of the last four to get to a bowl. But that's just where we are right now. And I'm and I'm fine with that because I know if anybody thinks that's listening to this show tonight thinks that Mark Rick is not going to make some changes, you are very delusional because it's going to be some major overhaul on this team. And then you got to look at this too, Gary, and I'm going to get off. This will be his first full year coming into spring, workouts, and everything. So I know it's going to make a difference. I know he's going to push these kids. You have to show these kids how to be winners. So I know he's going to push them this year. So, like I say, I'm just praying and hoping that we can come out here and throw a couple blows with Pitt and try to win this game and go from there. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for uh, calling and being part of the show. I'm glad that we make your uh, drives a little better each week and uh, give us a call again next week. Okay, Gary, just put me back on hold. Thanks. You you got it. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Let's go to the 318. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? This is Port City Kane. Hang called in a couple of weeks. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Hey, just got one note. I love my Harris uh, shaver, my Harris razor. If you can make a they're comment great. to Harris. Yeah, they're great. But, hey, look, if you can make a comment to them to please make a shaving brush of Badger's hair. If you can get us a shaving brush. That they'll sell if they start selling shaving brushes, I'd be I greatly appreciate that. 
Wait, what's a shaving brush? I don't even know what you're talking the about. Brush, the brush, you know the brush that, you know, when you lather it up, you put the brush and just brush the foam onto your face rather than just having to rub it on there. You rub, you put a little water in it and you put it and you brush the foam. I'm telling you, it feels real great. But if they can make All one right. and make sure they make it out of badger's hair, that's the best, that's the best kind. But now back right, on I'll, to what I'll, the young I'll, man. I'll pass it on. Okay then. Hey, but let me say something. But back to what he was back to what he was saying, which is absolutely accurate. I just calm down and pump the brakes. I mean, because to be honest with you, this team and and I I I aspirations for the team too. But this team is just like they doing the best that they can. But also, you know, this this team has muscle memory. And what I mean by muscle memory is if they don't win at Florida State. They just like all the time, all the air come out of the building, you know. And that's if they don't beat Florida State, all the air, the, the season is totally. And you can't have that kind of memory. And they've done it for the last two or three years. And I mean, every every last two or three years, it's been heartbreak hotel. And after they get a heartbreak hotel, we hung over for the rest of the year. But it's gonna take some time to get some uh, players in there and to get some good athletes. I just want to see whoever they get at offensive line. We all know we would like those guys from down from South Florida. We'd like to get some more four- and five-star recruits. But I want to see some guys more athletic. I watched the pit game, and when I saw that, that uh, offensive lineman running out there and running to the end zone, I was saying I wish that we had that kind of athleticism in our offensive line. I think that's the real biggest problem. It's just it's the void of athletes. And then another thing is, is this right here. I mean – it's not always about how good you are. It's a blues song that says it ain't what you do, but it's kind of how you do it. And the biggest thing is, it is we don't have any inspirers on that team. Guys aren't inspired. And when you're an inspired guy, then you look at it like this right here. I got an opportunity to play football for ever so long. It's not an opportunity that's going to always be there. I cannot afford to waste a Saturday. I can't come out here flat. I got to come out here and be focused and, and playing. And the biggest thing of it is, even if you go eight and four, if you go seven and five, but when a recruit see that, hey, look, man, the, the I, that these guys who are on this team have a lot of fight in them, and some of the time you just don't see that out there on the field. You don't see guys when they're going bad. It's nobody – they can can rally the troops and get them. And it's devoid of leadership. I mean, literally, you're devoid of leadership. And when you're devoid of leadership, I mean, what are you going to do when the dark clouds come? You're going to fold like a lawn chair. And that's what's happening right now. And it doesn't matter who you got. Right now, it's not about X and O's. It's about Billy and Joe's. And the Billy and Joe's, it's not so much the lack of talent. It's the lack of inspiration. I mean, you got some guys that seeing it tank and just saying, oh, well, you know, I'm going to get a little wet today. And so you got to get out there, and that's the one thing about it. And I, I, I don't try to badge players or anything like that, but that's the one thing about Brad Kaya that summertime is not so comfortable with me is the fact that you play more reps as a starter than anybody on the team. And I understand that you you are who you are you, you are the rest of it but at some point 
the team does not just need your great throws. The team needs your leadership. They're crying for leadership. They're crying for somebody to change the trajectory of it. And that's and that and that's really the it doesn't matter how much talent you got. You can get four stars, five stars, whoever it is, because to be honest with you, they have to be aligned for everything to go because you can have a personal problem, you can have academic problems, you can get hurt, you can have an injury that derail your career. But the main thing is is that guys like DJ Dallas, their attitude have to become contagious throughout their whole whole team to where we can we can go in there and look at and even if even if next year we don't beat them. And I I I I pray to God that we beat Florida State. But even if we don't, man, you gotta look at it. Your season is not over because you lose a game. It's, it's, it's your season is not over. It's not over. You're not out of the playoffs. All of the goals that you set forward are still there. They're still there for the taking. But if you go in there and lay down and roll over, then they gone. And and that's what. And I don't care what we get out of this recruiting class. I mean, I want I want to get. And I'm gonna hurry and get off. I want to get the best players we can get. But man, we need leaders. We need trailblazers. We need some dudes. That's like Ray Lewis. There's some dogs. That's what we need more than anything here because some guys with some indomitable wheels. We got some guys on the, on the team, and it seems like all of them on defense. Ain't none of them on offense, and that's really the problem. If, if we had some guys on offense that were just like defense, then I don't think we'd be 4-4. Four four. I don't think we'd be 4-4. Four four. At worst, I think we'd be 6-2 and two maybe. And even afterwards, even when you went to Virginia Tech, you didn't have everything together. If you had everything together, you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have uh, been beating that family. But that's all. I just wanted to say the comments. I hope that we continue to recruit well. I know we're gonna have to revamp that offensive line and the rest of it. But we shouldn't get down on our coaching staff because guess what? They didn't shop for these groceries. They just got to cook the food. <laughs> that's a great that's a great way of putting it. You're absolutely right. They didn't. And, right, and you know, and, and it's a roster with a lot of deficiencies, and, and you know, just way too many guys on the roster that can't play and won't play and will never play. And uh, I agree with you. I, I, I think Mark Rick's gonna, you know, have to be a tough guy here at the end of this year because they need those slots. And it just it is what it is. You, feel bad. you know, you feel bad for the kids. It's not their fault. They came to Miami with good intentions. They were offered scholarships. They took them, but they never should have been offered. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. It's going to be a tr- it's, it's tricky, man. It's tricky when you got to do that. But they need sl- they need slots. They they have to bring twenty five to thirty kids into this program this year. All right, hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. Okay, you got it. Let's go to the six seven eight. You're on Kane Sport Live. Yep, that's you. Hey, I, how you doing, sir? Doing good. What you got? Who's yeah. this? Uh, Hey, um, this is uh, Eric Little Bishop um, off your um, off your website. Uh, I'm a first time right, caller as well. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, basically, I I agree with with a lot of the callers. Um, you know, um, I just I just honestly feel it's going to take time. I mean, he doesn't have we don't have a lot of players on the roster, and um, he has he really didn't what he had a month or two when he came in to recruit the players or, or to keep the players that we had recruited. So um, you know, it's, it's, he's he's dealing with the um, he's dealing the hand that he that he was dealt, and um, 
I mean, he, he's trying to do. I, I mean, I had criticism about him before in, in the play calling, and I and I not seen last week that he did make adjustments. So I, I, I do see that as a positive. But the the main thing is we we have no line. So I mean, there's it, nothing you can do without a line. Um, is uh, Kaya's not Tom Brady, and and um, it, it's. I mean, even if Brady was back there, I mean, if if you don't have enough time to throw, I mean, he he has problems too. When they put pressure on Brady, that's that's when he have all his problems, and that's and that's the same situation with Kyrie. I mean, he has no time to get rid of the ball, and uh, so that's that's basically the situation. I, I believe in a in a year or two, um, once he get all the players that that we that he get in, um, you know, that uh, we'll see a huge huge difference in the football team. Mm-hmm. All right. What else you got? No, that was, that's about it, man. I mean, a, a, a lot of callers made uh, very uh, valid points, man, and, um, and and that was about it. I just, I mean, I'm a game till I die, and you know, it, it just it's just gonna take time. We just have to keep supporting the team. I, I, I know it's, I know we've been saying that forever. Next year, next year, next year. But I mean, we got I know, a new coach. It's tiring. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I mean, um, but I mean, uh, what what can we do? I mean, the uh, the NCAA uh, thing is over with. I mean, it's it's a fresh start. We uh, yeah, that's all we can do. But that that was it, Gary. I I just I mean, you know, I just um, I was listening and um, I said I'd, I'd I'd speak for the first time. I've been listening um, forever for years, but you know, I, I just. Kind of want to show my support for the coach and, and, and for the team, and uh, I think we'll make it two years. All right, man. Hey, thank you for calling in. Do it again. All right, yeah. Put me on hold, sir. Appreciate it. You got it. All right, guys. We got about fourteen minutes left. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. It's the last call for tonight. Let's go to the nine five four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. That's you. What's going on, Gary, man? How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Oh, this is Black King. Black What's up, man? What you got? Um, I think you I think Colbert played pretty well on Saturday. If you yeah. Ask me. He played and, uh, great. And, think, and he killed me. Yes, I saw him did. today walking around. He's got a big old sling on his shoulder. The poor kid, he man. Second time this year he's been hurt. And I, I, you know, but he, he's got such a great attitude. He's so positive, and he, God, I can't believe this kid's only been in this program for one year. I love the kid. I, right. I think he's been a great addition this year. Um, right. He's getting better, better. You know, he never played cornerback before this year. He was a safety in Texas. I, I think, uh, I think and, he should move him back to safety. I think they should well, put they, to replace Jamal Carter. They can't. Too late in the game for that. They really needed him to play corner. Now he's hurt. He probably won't play this week, I don't think. And um, it's a shame, oh, okay. man. You know, the kid, the kid came here to get an opportunity to play. He's gotten it, and he, he's getting better and better. I thought he was unbelievable at Notre Dame. Yeah, me too. Me too. And um, I want to ask you some about those photos. And it's starting to come. Remember when Al Gordon was here and he had those photos, and I seen a picture of Lender and the rest of those guys on the line. I'm like. Couple, yeah, it was yeah, they were yeah, just messing around. That's been uh, way yeah, overblown. I understand, that. I understand that, but it's just crazy though. Now you can, 
you don't have anybody, any leaders around here. You know, that's one thing about uh, Winston and a lot of the other uh, college teams, the quarterbacks mostly, they get on those guys. They miss a block, they get on them. And it, you know, the coaches get, get picked on for that. But like the other caller said, you quarter, the quarterback has to lead the team. He has to. You know, mm-hmm. and, and we we also can't continue to miss out on people like Cook. When I saw Cook in high school, I knew he was the better runner. And for two years, he beat us two years. I don't care what anybody say. He beat us for two years. I agree. Really, and three. I'm <laughs> I hope he goes pro. If he goes pro, I, I think we beat Florida State. That's just me. You know, because mm-hmm. they, they don't have all the talent they have. Every game's been close. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We've been, you know, having crazy coaches, schemes not working. But for that game, you put apples and apples and, and, and all that aside, and you kind of get to see. Just like Notre Dame. Notre Dame was a talented team. A lot of people forget. Even though they're having a bad season, they're still talented. Yeah. They had talent, but Miami should have won the game. Okay, that was it, Gary. I appreciate you, man. I'm happy I was the last one. No sweat, man. You're not the last one. We got one more. But thanks for being part of the show. Okay. Final call of the night. Let's go to the 951. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, twice. He's out of here. All right, guys. Well, Great show tonight. I thought we had a lot of good callers. Glad we got a few first-time callers in. And I want to thank everybody who participated. I want to thank our sponsors for the evening. MyBookie.ag. Still stepping up to give you guys that like to bet on games. What I think is just an unbelievable deal. They're 100% matching your initial deposit. So, you know, you, you put up 100 bucks, they'll bonus you 100 bucks. You put up 500, they'll bonus you 500. Um, great website. You can bet horses there. They have a casino, live betting during games. And um, those of you that like horse racing, you got the Breeders' Cup this weekend. You can you can bet on that. So uh, I urge everybody to check out my bookie AG, as I know many of you have, because they keep calling me back and saying, man, we're very happy with these Canes fans. And then um, Harry's Razors, been with us all year, still offering that great deal to you guys. He used the promo code Canes there as well. Um, they'll send you for free their free trial set. Um, you just got to pay for shipping. And then they'll also throw in, when you use that promo code Canes, free post-shave bomb into your order. So uh, that's a nice deal for you to try out Harry's Razors and uh, – as I've told you all year, they're really great. So I recommend it to everybody since I know all you guys got to shave, or most of you do, unless you have beards and stuff. So um, highly recommend everybody try them out. They'll save money. They'll ship them right to your house, and they're pretty darn good. Uh, so that's it for tonight. We got Pittsburgh Saturday at the stadium. Uh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be easy. This team plays very hard. They take on the personality of their head coach, Pat Narduzzi. And you'll see he's a fiery guy, got fined for ripping the refs the other day. But uh, So he's probably not real happy coming down here to South Florida. But uh, it's going to be a very tough game. Miami's going to have to play better than it's played the last month. 
Uh, you'd like to not believe that this entire season is going to go through without this team stepping up and playing some good ball games. And my God, after four straight losses, aren't they overdue to just finally get pissed off and go out there and actually execute what they're supposed to, put some points up on the board, and, and get out of there with a win? So um should be a lot of fun. I hope the fans still come out on Saturday. you got five recruits on official visits, a lot of other recruits on unofficials. Uh, these are critical recruiting weekends for this program, uh, trying to put on a good face and, and get some top-shelf players in here to help out the situation. Uh, so if you have tickets, which I know a lot of you do, uh, don't just throw them in the garbage. You know, get, get out there, still support the team. Hopefully they'll play better this week. All right, those are my words of wisdom. Uh, we're out for this week. We'll see everybody next Tuesday night. Uh, thanks for being part of the show.